With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Twitter earlier today, the word Gestapo was trending hmm. because people were terrified after Ron DeSantis proposed a civilian military force. Rather scary, isn't it? Until you read the story, and I think even Sarah Silverman tweeted this, like, please be, be you know, fact, the truth matters, and everyone was surprised. Uh, it would be the 23rd civilian military force. They've existed in many, many states for a long time. It's actually not all that crazy. What is kind of worrying is that the tensions between the states and the Biden administration have gotten to the point where Ron DeSantis is like, yo, we can't rely on the National Guard or the Pentagon or Biden to come to our aid in the event of a hurricane or a disaster or something like that. So we'll make a civilian military force. And of course, many of these individuals who are complaining about a Gestapo didn't realize that New York not only has lockdowns mandates, but they also have a civilian military force. But we'll break all that down. It's interesting. We got some interesting uh, news coming from Unheard. They interviewed a woman who actually spent time in one of these internment camps in Australia. And her story is actually quite freaky, saying they offered her drugs because of her anxiety. They wouldn't let her go outside. They threatened her with fines if she took one step off the porch of her building. That doesn't sound like hot babe suntanning. That's what I was told by Quillette. <laughs> and then we've got Jesse Smollett's lawyer apparently claiming the judge lunged at her and they want a mistrial. But we're going to get in all these stories and probably a whole lot more because we're being joined by Carrie Lake, who is – you had this viral video where I guess you resigned from mainstream media, we'll mm -hmm. call it, corporate press. Now you're running for governor of Arizona and you've got a lot of opinions about a lot of things. And I think it'll, we'll just play into it. It's a Friday night. We'll chill. Awesome. We'll go through all of that. Happy so, to be here. yeah, you want to introduce yourself real yeah. quick? Uh, I'm the candidate for governor and Trump endorsed in Arizona. And I spent 27 years covering Arizona as a journalist and the mainstream media and, and, and had a great career. I uh, was number one at 20 for 22 years. I worked for the Fox station and Arizona is a unique station, a market because you reach 85% of the state. Mm. So the name recognition is really intense when you work in a market like that. And for wow. 22 years, we were number one. And at the height of my career, um, make good money working at a, at a solid station. I just realized that the propaganda that the corporate media is pushing is not something that I can do. And it, it ceased being um, just biased and unethical. And I think during COVID, it moved into the realm of being immoral. And being a Christian woman, I just thought, I can't do this anymore. I can't read. I was feeling sick reading the news. Yeah. And I always felt that everything I put out was truthful. And it started to feel where the kind of the walls were closing in. And I couldn't get the truth out as I wanted to. It was half truth. Well, so I, can, I walked away. I can tell you the confirmation <laughs> bias of all of our viewers is lighting up. They're all really excited. Oh, yeah. I'm oh good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, we'll get into all that stuff for <laughs> okay. sure. We got Luke chilling. I, I like to say satanic, but that's that's just me personally, <laughs> myself. There's a lot of exciting things happening in Florida. And hell, I mean, I soon might join the gator-eating Florida man state guard, yeah. especially Especially if Tim starts selling more shorts. That's why today <laughs> I am wearing my own official shirt, which you could support me if you get on the bestpoliticalshirts.com. The great. shirt reads, Make Florida America. No, it doesn't. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> get it, get it right. Make America Florida. <laughs> uh, that's something a Florida man would do. Right. Uh, Florida man all the way and thebestpoliticalshirts.com. Thanks for having me. Yo, Ian Crossland here. What's up, everybody? Yep. Happy to be here. Good to see you, Carrie. Hi. Looking forward to talking and learning a little bit tonight. 
I have a couple different things to say. Tonight is our 420th episode. <laughs> I really wanted to have Joe Rogan this episode, but I'm delighted that I'm you're I'm so here. sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's not how <laughs> it works I'll try to out. do my best. But we're going to have super fun on this episode. And I just wanted to say, I did see a comment from somebody who said they grew up watching you. I think that's really oh, nice. That's great. So I get that stoked. a lot. Yes. A lot, yeah. I'm really so excited about it's, that. It's show. our 420th episode. That's right. We're going to need 69,000 likes. Yes. Let's smash that <laughs> like button. We're not going right. to get that, but uh, sure. <laughs> Oh Before gosh. we get started, guys, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, help support the work we're doing. And let me just tell you, we had a new show. It's called Pop Culture Crisis. Mm-hmm. You can click it. You can check it out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And a little rough around the edges to get started, but it's okay. That's how we do things. This show is basically talking about movies, video games, books, Spider-Man, to give everybody a chance to get away from the crazy political space. And we don't want everyone to get wrapped up just in this like dystopian nightmare. We want some positivity. Mm-hmm. And you guys know, Spider-Man... The new movie just broke Endgame and Last Jedi pre-sale numbers. I think it might be the biggest movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. And it's not very political. It's not critical to the health of the of – the. well, actually, it might be. Relaxing and watching entertainment, that's why we made the show. And we were able to do it because you guys support us on this show and you support us on TimCast.com. And you can also pick up our poster Ooh, and yeah. T-shirt by going mm-hmm. to TimCast.com, clicking store. This is a poster that is trolling the entire nation and continent of Australia. <laughs> It says, visit Howard Springs, and it's two people chilling on the beach, wearing masks with razor wire as a man flees from a police boat. And it says, visit Howard Springs, totally voluntary relocation camp, Australia. Because we'll definitely talk a bit more about that. We've got uh, that story from Unheard, so you can support us that way. So again, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Let's talk about what's going on in Florida. We got this story from CNN.com. DeSantis proposes a new civilian military force in Florida that he would control. I love how they frame it that way as if it's like, ooh, he would be in charge. I mean, yeah, he's the governor, right? But they also mention that if Florida goes ahead with this plan to reestablish a civilian force, which existed before, it would be the 23rd active state guard in the country. DeSantis' office said in a press release joining California, Texas, and New York, these guards are little known auxiliary forces. So all of a sudden, all over Twitter, they're claiming he's forming the Gestapo and the Republicans, Republicans are Nazis. And when I when I saw this tweet from Sarah Silverman where she was like, "Please read the article. The truth matters." I was like, "Whoa!" Mm. Something said. Deborah Messing came out mm. and Why? about the Waukesha attack and said it was a you know, massacre. Call it what it is. Yeah, it, that was surprising, wasn't it? Right. And but now Sarah Silverman being like, "The truth matters." I'm like, "Wow!" Something's happening. I think in this the country. Holly weirdos are waking up. <laughs> Holly They're weirdos. waking up, yeah. which yeah. is good. They need to. You were you were telling us, I guess, what uh, if you were to become uh, when you are to become governor of Arizona? Thank you. That's right. <laughs> uh, you're gonna do you were you were gonna do the same thing? We, yeah, we've talked about this already. We had the Arizona Rangers, and they we we would bring them back. I mean, right now they're kind of a force that helps out volunteer great men and women, but we would bring them back as a force. We we really need our own border protection there because the border patrol is not able to do their job right now. We have a border crisis happening. I'm sure you're aware of it. I know you're thousands of miles from the Arizona border. We we have had yeah. many journalists and witnesses on the show talking right. about the crisis. And I think it. Florida is also sending its police forces down to the border to help Texas enforce its uh, border laws as well. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. DeSantis had a very interesting comment about this announcement because he said one of the benefits of this guard would that it would be, quote, not encumbered by the federal government. Right. That's his exact <laughs> quote here. That's why I'm like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe I could give it a, give this a try. He's going to start off with 200 volunteers. He wants a budget of 3.5 million to start up this guard. But when we're at a situation where soon the Oklahoma National Guard 
might soon become the Oklahoma state militia because of federal policies. This doesn't seem like an absurd policy. This seems like a policy that is inevitable, in my opinion, especially with how hyper-politicized everything's becoming uh, from my perspective. Well, even if you take the politics out of it, we have a crisis at the border. We have people streaming across. We have drugs coming across and coming into our communities, and they're not just staying in Arizona. It's kind of like the slogan in in Vegas, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. Is that what it is? It stays in Vegas. <laughs> it stays Hopefully in Vegas. it stays, oh, it stays Vegas. there, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. What yeah. happens in Arizona doesn't, doesn't stay in Arizona when it yeah. comes to our border. It really does spread across the country. So it's important for the whole country, but we need to work with, and if I were governor right now, unfortunately I won't be governor until January of 23, Tim, but um, this problem can't go on until then. We're not going to have a country. Mm. And so we need to do something now, and our current governor needs to work with some of the friendly red states and say, hey, can, can we borrow some of your law enforcement, bring him down, help us protect the border, and let's start building the wall right now. What is Joe Biden going to do? Come down and arrest us? I was watching a clip from CNN that was on Reddit, and it was a, a panel with a bunch of Trump supporters, I guess, and it was making fun of them. Because this little old lady said three million illegal immigrants voted in the election. And it was Dan, I, I can't remember who, I think it, may, it wasn't Dana Bash. I can't remember who was uh, interviewing them, but a CNN woman, she goes, you really believe three million illegal immigrants voted in the election? She's like, yes, you know, the president encouraged them to vote, blah, blah, blah. And here are these two groups of people saying things and CNN, she's like, I looked it up. It's fake news, you know, whatever. It didn't happen. I get it. And I'm sitting there like, they're both missing the mark. The fact of the matter is, Every single illegal immigrant in this country adds voting power and does impact the presidential election. Quite simply, when we vote for the president, we are not voting as individuals in a popular vote. We are having our states do an electoral vote. Electoral votes are based on congressional districts. Congressional districts are apportioned based on the total population, not total citizen population. That means if Arizona sees a massive influx of non-citizens into dense urban areas, when they do the census, Mm -hmm. the dense urban areas get extra congressional seats based on non-citizens, which adds equivalent voting power in presidential elections. So I believe there were some estimates that California in the past got one extra electoral vote because of their illegal immigrant population. So no. I don't, I don't believe illegal immigrants are showing up in mass by the millions to vote in the elections and no one's catching it. But I do think it's fairly obvious, whether you want to argue that or not, the point is outside of it, we know that if they do the census and there's no citizenship question, mm-hmm. then you are going to get congressional seats that are being purport, uh, 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 allocated specifically to non-citizens. So yeah, they're effectively getting their voting power in. And President Trump wanted that question to be asked. Are you a citizen? And, and the courts ruled against him yep. on that. So, I mean... We we had people voting who shouldn't have voted. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I believe in Arizona. And we had the forensic audit. And we, the, the, to me, the biggest problem, are, uh, it was, it was multi-layered what happened there. You know, you just look at the, the uh, mail-in ballots that didn't have a signature who had a little scribble. They weren't checking. They weren't um, verifying it. Yeah, they weren't verifying it. And, and when you look at the number of questionable ballots out there, compared to what the margin of the victory was, there are way too many questionable ballots 
to this, say that one person won and one didn't. This is what we actually heard from Matt Brainerd. We've had him on the show several times. And he, he's never come out and, and at least to us, made a definitive and hard statement. He's always said there are questions based on, uh, uh, you know, how many votes. I, how, I don't know how to phrase it properly because I don't want to put words in his mouth. I'm trying to be very careful mm-hmm. for his sake. But he was basically saying we can't know. Hmm. There, there. Th- these things need to be looked into and investigated because these right here are red flags. Well, if one person won, and I'm trying to be very careful because I know YouTube has a bunch of issues. If one person won by 10,457 votes and you have hundreds of thousands or even 100,000 or 200,000 questionable ballots that could have been problematic, and I'm being careful with my words here, um, then you're, you're looking at, wow, 200, 300,000 problematic votes and, and the margin of victory was... Just over 10,000. So. Issues. Issues. How do you resolve something like that? Like, did, are the courts in Arizona going to go and, 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 and investigate this? I know there was a big audit. Well, well, so I, I am, I am for expanding the forensic audit to all 15 counties because even counties, and here's the deal. Trump supporters would never want Trump to win in a questionable, questionable way. I don't, I, I want my guy to win, of course. But I don't want him to win at, at the risk of throwing our elections into tumult. And I want secure elections that we can have faith in. And that's what I plan to do as, as governor. And I think that's one of the reasons I got President Trump's endorsement. He knows that we're not going to sweep 2020 under the rug. We're going to take a look at it. And we have this forensic audit that was done really well, despite what the fake media and the corrupt media is reporting. And we're going to take everything that we found from there and we're going to fix it. I'm a, I'm a mom, so I do lists and I check them off and to-do list. And it might not happen before the 2020 because I don't think we have enough strong leaders in office who are going to say, you know what? I don't care what they say about me. We're doing this for our country to keep our republic together. We're doing it for Arizona. I'll tell you, I think uh, Republicans need to be working on ground game and looking at the laws that were changed, looking at Absolutely. the policies across the country. So uh, we had a, and a, a lot were changed in Arizona leading up. Leading up to the election, a lot of laws were changed by people who had no right to change them. The legislature is the only one that has the right to change election laws. And all of these people, Adrian Fontes and all, all of these local people, usurped the, the legislature to change election laws. That's I illegal. Think, I think we saw that in Georgia. I think yeah. we uh, – in Pennsylvania was interesting because I, – I want to be careful not – you know, we, we've talked a bit about it. So for people who aren't familiar, we'll give you the, I'll give you the context. But, you know, Pennsylvania, a year before the election, I think it was October, the Republican – uh, a legislature voted for universal mail-in ballots, and initially they were going to ca- uh, call it, I think, um, I think they were going to say universal absentee or something, and then they realized it was unconstitutional mm-hmm. because the Pennsylvania Constitution specifically says you can't do this. So they stopped, pulled it back halfway, and then changed some wording and pushed it through, and a lower court judge actually said, hey, that looks like it's not constitutional. When it went to the higher court in Pennsylvania, they said, you're too late, have a nice day. They didn't even rule on it. So I think the big the big play for Republicans coming into 22, there's two two big things I think people need to do. Can, looking into everything you've said, for one, I definitely think matters. But in order to get to the point where you can get that investigation and make sure you're getting legitimate information, getting a legitimate investigation, not that I'm not saying the forensic audit didn't happen. I'm saying the power to mm-hmm. actually look through these things, enact things, primaries. Make sure the establishment Republicans, if you're voting Republican, aren't the ones who are going to get back in and then just jam everything up voting locally. So people who are in Arizona need to be thinking about their state senators, their state representatives, oh, man. Totally. their governor, school board, school board for sure. Because uh, you, you look at a lot of what happened when it comes to the presidential election. And I tell people this, 
a time, it was Time Magazine, I think, right? Fortify, the, the yeah. shadow campaign to fortify the election. Mm-hmm. There's an article they wrote. Yeah. And they talk that about. lays it out. They talk about changing laws. They talk about changing rules. They talk about ground game. They talk about activists going out. And I'm like, that all right there is laid out for you. If you want to address those things, you need local politicians. You need state level politicians. You need to win your legislature. You need to win your governorship. And you need to win your, your, uh, uh, even your council, uh, your, your, your school board, especially. But a lot of people are just looking at Congress, thinking mm-hmm. that if I vote for my rep in Congress, it's going to affect these things. That ain't it. It's all, it's, it's from the ground up, basically. Right. We look at, and we're seeing it, um, we're seeing it huge in Arizona right now with school boards. And I'm, I'm gonna admit, I, I thought I was a really informed voter for years. I've always voted since I was 18 years old. And, um, but I never paid enough attention to school boards. Mm-hmm. And we have a situation in Scottsdale where we have a 27 year old guy, um, unmarried, no children, living with his parents, who's on the school board, making a lot of decisions about our children. And it was just revealed in the last um, month or so that he, a computer at his home, was keeping a dossier on 40 plus, nearly 50 parents who had the, you know, audacity to step up at school board meetings and say, hey, wait a minute, what's being taught to our kids now? You know, 2020 woke up a lot of parents when they walked past the Zoom camera and heard what was being taught to their kids and they went, what the heck is going on here? And so they start asking questions and... This guy, who's the president of the school board, again, 27, no kids in the school district, wow. starts keeping a file on them. But I mean, what, what was he doing? Was he like stalking, pulling up background information? He's saying his dad did it, but it was on, on the computer at his home. Pulling up um, all of the people who spoke out, the moms, pulling up very detailed information about the family. So it would be, if you spoke out and you had a divorce in your family, the divorce decree. Now, this took somebody to go down to the uh, courts pull a thousand page divorce decree, a lot of private information. This is one of my friends whose divorce decree was pulled up. Information that even their children didn't know because, you know, when you have little ones, sometimes you don't want them knowing all of the nitty gritty details of what led. And what was he going to use this for? Um, a single mom who was a nurse, her information was pulled up, her, her nursing license number, and then wow. there was a new complaint against her nursing license. And I hope to God it didn't come from this guy. Here she is trying to make a living, put food on the table for her little one. And someone is really cyber stalking and bullying her. Um, it had uh, photographs of little girls, eight, 10, 13 year old. Oh. They were children of the parents wow. who spoke out. Um, PIs were, were hired to follow some of the parents and get license plate numbers. One woman said all of her assets were listed. This is crazy stuff. Holy One cow. mom said it for the school board. Yeah. So he's collecting a dossier to go out. Who knows what he's going to do with it to go after these people to sue them. We don't know. But when they discovered it accidentally, they were shocked. Imagine going in here and going, whoa, my divorce decree, my bank. What the heck? My children's pictures. So it's really scary. One woman said they had created a um, meme, I guess you call it. I'm going to sound really old. if It's not. <laughs> a meme. She said meant to make her look racist. It was a picture of her. This mother, and it was shared with, they, he shared it with all the parents, all the, all the school uh, teachers at the school. It was a picture of her next to a slave hanging from a tree. Wow. This is a mother who has, he was trying to paint her as racist. She'd done nothing wrong except ask about her kid's curriculum. I, I get, you know, angry and emotional when I think about it because it is our right as parents to question that. And not be doxxed, harassed, um, have PIs come after us, and have a dossier collected. How is it that a guy with no kids is on the school board? Well, here's why. And, and thank you for bringing me back to the story. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got triggered there. Uh-huh. Um, 
he ran unopposed. Nobody was running. Mm. And this is what, I, what I'm getting to. We think we're all involved, and we know I'm, I know who I'm going to run for Congress. I've researched everybody. These are the people I want. But we have to go down the ballot. School board is the most important race mm. because this is the, these are the people affecting what our kids are learning. And now we're seeing what years and years and decades of bad curriculum have done. We're seeing it uh, churned out in our schools and this anti-American um, you know, studies that the American history is now anti-American history, and it's pretty scary. So, which generation is at fault? Was it was it the boomers who were not teaching kids proper values, which resulted in teachers? So, so I'll put it this way: you've got teachers like this guy; he's twenty-seven, right? So he's a what is he, an older millennial? And they have these wacky views. Many of them are communist. Many of them hate America. Many of them are overtly racist or mm-hmm. ident- identitarian. So they're being taught by like the like boomers. How did how did this ideology become so prevalent among you know the millennial generation to the point where now in schools teachers have are believing this insanity? I I mean I grew up in the seventies and eighties. My dad was a public school teacher, taught history, government. He was a football coach. I, he would be horrified. I mean I'm I'm glad he's not with us today because he would be so horrified by what's being taught. Mm. I don't know where it started to seep in. I really don't, but I think it, I mean, I, I know that a lot of people, probably your age, I mean, what were you taught, Tim? Were, how was history portrayed to you? I, uh, it's funny because I always see these things on Twitter where these, these woke millennials are like, they don't actually teach people in school about slavery, Jim Crow and the Trail of Tears. And I'm like, I, I was taught all of that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, uh, I went to... But uh, were you taught it where, where you continued along beyond that? I mean, obviously, those are really deep scars and very difficult moments in our history. But was it continued as, as history continued to be taught and the years moved on and you're moving through, like, you know, what happened in our history? Was it always that the European settlers are, are always the oppressor or people who are white never. are the oppressor? Never. And it was interesting, though, because it was very Eurocentric history, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. we're a nation that has founding in European colonization. Mm-hmm. But I remember, um, you know, being taught about Christopher Columbus when I was a little kid. I tell the story how he discovers America. And my mom was like, mm, Leif Erikson was here first. <laughs> Norwegian, right? Uh, yeah. Well, Are my, you Norwegian? No. Okay. My no, dad, my, my, my dad's Norwegian. He's like, Leif Erikson, not Christopher Columbus. Right. But, <laughs> uh, but, but hold on. And then my mom was like, there were already people here. Right. Like the Native Americans, you crossing the Bering Strait. So who discovered it? To say it's discovered is to be from a perspective of Europe. Now, the interesting thing is that perspective I get from my mom, she never said, and that's why white people are evil. Mm. No, she was like, well, the European historical perspective is how they came to discover yeah. America. But there were other people here. They have their histories. And it was just like, ah, interesting. It's very you know pragmatic and mm-hmm. more objective. But what you're getting from the woke millennial generation and these teachers is, and because they came here and it was conquest- these people are all evil. Mm-hmm. Colonization is evil. It's white supremacy. It's, it's, you know. And where does it end? I mean, we keep teaching this. What is the goal of that? I think it's the division. I think, I, think it, I view it like fire. It's consuming. It's destroying. And it has no real directional end. You know, uh, if you look at um, a traditional American values, it was moving in, in, in a direction towards something. Uh, civil rights emerged. You ended up with, um, I mean, civil rights is really a great example of this. Innocent until proven guilty. This is, this is something that's rooted much in, uh, very much in the Bible. And, and I know a lot of atheists and a lot of, you know, uh, leftists don't want to recognize that, uh, that's where it came. It really mm-hmm. did in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot. Uh, so you actually had over a long period of time, the bad things that came with these traditions being removed as people don't tolerate the violence anymore. A good example is how dueling eventually stopped happening. 
because the younger generation, uh, there was one young generation that said, hey, you guys just killed each other over a fight. That's dumb. <laughs> and so they stopped doing it. Then you end up, we end up as a country that starts with slavery, but, you know, within 80 or so years, we're like, we're going to fight a bloody death, you know, to make sure this, right. we end this. Then you get civil rights. We were actually doing a really great job, I but agree. a lot of it was rooted in a Christian moral framework. Whether people like it or don't, that's literally the framework that was, you know, right. set upon. The Judeo-Christian tradition. But now we have with wokeness something completely separate from that moral framework. And they don't believe in innocent until proven guilty at all. I mean, we just had a story of a Black Lives Matter activist. His name is Cortez Rice showing up at the judge's house mm. apartment in the Dante Wright case. He's since he's subsequently been arrested. I don't they don't, I don't know. Fifty thousand dollar bail. He went to the home. It was reported or at least he was trying to. I don't know exactly where the mm-hmm. judge lives, but he was filming himself do it. They do not believe in the values that, you know, have been established here in the United States. So what I see is. That kind of behavior is very much in line with what we saw with the communists, but also the fascists. And it was David Graeber, the uh, the late David Graeber, David Graeber, who said that a sect of the left has has embraced the fascistic ideology. There is no truth but power. Hmm. And so now what we're seeing hmm. is when I, I, t- I often talk about how there's two different realities uh, in the United States. And that's why left and right seem to be meaningless. Like, you know, economically, I'm actually rather left. I think universal basic health care, things like these. <laughs> Very nuanced. We have to get into an argument about them. But uh, ho- however, I find myself hanging out with independents, libertarians, conservatives, and disaffected liberals because I think what separates us from you know the the rival, mm-hmm. I guess what you would call the left, is our moral framework tends to be rooted very much in Judeo-Christian values, even though we aren't theistic. I'm not a religious mm-hmm. person, but Bill Maher is a good example. His values, free speech, innocent until proven guilty, right. these classically or traditionally liberal values— are rooted in Judeo-Christian uh, fr- moral frameworks. That doesn't mean you have to agree with, you know, the, the Bible or the but Torah. But if we tear that apart, then we don't have a country and then we have chaos. But you can be I Democrat, agree. you can be libertarian, you can be conservative, you can be Republican, whatever. But we all have to agree that the f- uh, freedom of speech, innocent until proven guilty, that the system we have, which the U.S. Constitution is the greatest system out there. I mean, there's nothing better. And if we can agree on that, but what's happening now is you have people who are on the left, and I worked in in, in, in media for 30 years, 27 in Arizona. I know journalists who are for censorship. That is shocking to this me. Is, this is the craziest thing to me. They're, they're for, and it's like the First Amendment, freedom of speech. No, they're for censorship. There's a group called Free Press, and I've, I knew several people from Free Press. Hmm. And I remember when they banned Alex Jones— freepress.net was advocating before he got banned they were advocating for his censorship and i said i was like what's the name of your organization again free press and i was like and what is this campaign we're trying to get a media organization banned (laughs) i've had the the local paper a journalist and i'm using that he's an activist write articles about me and suggest that i have my twitter page taken down i can't remember what it was was it over the Something like uh, talking about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and suggest that I have my, that I be completely banned from social media. And this is a a journalist. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. To me, that's shocking. I mean, and we're talking about going on here, the things you can say, the things you can't say. We're in an era right now where censorship is happening. We have to live under it, unfortunately. I want to ban censorship in Arizona when I'm governor. And there will be hell to pay if a company tries to keep you from having free speech. I mean, free speech is absolutely essential. If you look at progression of humanity, it happens under freedom. And I think America represents that freedom. Uh, Obviously, it doesn't have a perfect record. Obviously, the military-industrial complex has caused a lot of global harm, I would argue. But speaking representatively, America stands for freedom. And to me, you have to destroy this larger experiment, this larger idea, because when you do, you get rid of something that is extremely rare in human history. If you look at human history, this ability to be able to defend yourself, this ability to be able to say whatever you want is extremely rare. And if they destroy the founding of this country that was based on those principles and those ideas, they could destroy that freedom that also comes with it. And I think they have been successful in many ways already doing it uh, without many people even realizing. Yeah, well, let's what, think about it. freedom of religion. We had our churches shut down. Did you ever think, I mean, I'm probably the oldest one here, I'm assuming. Walmart was open, but you couldn't go to church. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I never crazy. thought a day would come when churches were shut down in this country. Whether you go to church or not, isn't that something that is a main tenet of this country? The First Amendment. The very first freedom. Yeah. I think about like what things could get changed if we were to lose the government and some crazy, like things like murdering might now become, like things we think of as like just inherently illegal and wrong without question could then become totally normal, normalized in a new mm-hmm. regime. In, in Portland, when... Aaron Danielson was shot in the chest. The uh, leftists cheered. And you and saw what happened at yeah. Chaz. I mean, people That's got right. killed yeah. at Chaz. One of my staffers lived in up. Chaz. He he was embedded in Chaz. And the way we protect children, well, he, in this he wasn't. Society. He's not for that. He right, was right. he was in as an outsider going in there to check it out. I like to I like to say <clears throat> to uh, people who've never met Luke, I'll be like, Luke's been to Epstein Island. And then they go like, whoa, yeah, he was whoa. A it's, not, it's not good at parties. People are like, what? And then people start oh, looking at you, me like I'm some kind of creeper. Were you the guy that went there after it was closed down and got the video? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I went there when, when I <laughs> Why saw. Why didn't you tell me that when I met Luke? <laughs> because if I walked up to you and said, yeah. this guy's been to Epstein Island, you'd think be I'm like, a creeper what? or something. And it happens all the time. I'm was, like, no, no, no. Was no, that no. the time that Jeffrey Epstein was there and he drove up in the little well, uh, there was, golf there cart? Well, there was a drone footage of allegedly someone that looked like Epstein in the golf cart. And when I saw that, after he allegedly, you know, himself, I was like, I need to go there. I need to fact find this. I need to verify this. So that's when uh, me and my friends went to the island, crashed it, and tried to get as much publicity about this event that as much huge. as possible because no one was talking about it in the corporate media, right. but all still online, all online, there's this there's this hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. There was people asking questions. There was people making memes. They were, they were making songs. They were making t-shirts. They were demanding to know what was going on here, and that voice wasn't heard other well, than, of course, independent media. But- and as independent media, I decided we need to do this. We need to step things up. You guys are the new mainstream media. And, the, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. The mainstream wow. media now is the alternative independent mm-hmm. media. And that's taking over, thank God. Let, 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 me, let me ask you about this. Uh, you worked for 22 years 
in like uh, your, your your mainstream media, I guess. When uh, you Thirty call? years mainstream media. Thirty years, right? Tw- uh, Twenty-seven years covering Arizona as a journalist and an anchor, and twenty-two of those years, my last twenty-two for the Fox affiliate. When did one. it go wrong? In, I think the media really, you know, there were always places you could work that were more liberal. I mean, obviously CNN, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you could also say Fox is more reasonable if you're conservative. And at least they, I, I believe it was great, a great place to work. But I think when President Trump came on the scene, candidate Trump in 2015, when he came down the escalator, that's when I noticed people in media, and I'm talking all of the networks, starting to really lose it. Even people that I thought were really reasonable, I'm like, why are you so upset about this guy? He has a right to run. He meets the qualifications to run. What? Who cares if he runs? Right. But it was a complete, as, as I like to say, he, cro- he cracked the shells off the nuts. Do you think that it was they didn't like Trump or that they wanted Hillary to win so bad that they didn't like whoever was coming and it just turned out to be Donald Trump and then they turned him into a boogeyman? I don't know. I wonder if they had a deep fear that, oh my gosh, this guy could win and our, and our lady won't win the one, one we want. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on was it. Was there a but, feeling at Fox or anywhere that you were that there was like a, a, an agenda to get a certain person elected? Well, let me put it this way. When you work in media, 90%, maybe 95% are liberal for sure. And a big chunk of them are leftist socialists. So, we know, you know how we feel about our candidates. If, if all of a sudden the newsroom was 95% hardcore conservative, it would change the way things work. But with, so 95% being liberal, they're like, oh gosh, we don't like this guy. Did you see around the time when the, uh, when, so it was around 2016, you started to feel like things were changing? It, re- it just went really crazy when it, when Trump came around. And then I really think it went to a whole new level with COVID. And I, I believe that initially the 15 days to slow the spread, I think where we were all kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? Okay, I'm willing to slow things down for 15 days if we're going to – I mean, I was I was reading yeah. the news and believing it. We're seeing Fauci come out. Who's this new scientist guy? Oh, my gosh. we got to wipe our groceries down, mm-hmm. put our masks on. I mean, I, I was – I believed it all. Be did, afraid of our fellow neighbors and people. Be next afraid, to us. and I work yep. in a neighborhood, and I, I, I did a PragerU video, and and I really kind of lay out what happened in the media and what brought me to walking away from a very large, comfortable paycheck, and um, you know, great benefits to just walk away from that. It has to be something pretty bad. Did you notice around this time that younger people were coming into the workforce? Like, were you seeing more millennials join your your office, your newsroom? Yeah, and and I talk a little bit about that. There was a shift in and. And this also plays into how media changed. There was a shift in losing some of the older, more established reporters and journalists. And I think it's because corporate media took over. And bought, there used to be a lot of regional news, you know, a company here and a company there owned it. And then it became now five or six corporations own all the media. They bought up all these smaller outlets. Maybe you had a, a family who owned three stations. They bought that up and they just started accumulating more and more media over the years. And this happened in the 80s and 90s. And when they accumulated more, they wanted to pare down the bottom line. So let's say, Tim, you're a, you know, 50 year old seasoned journalist who's been at the station covering the, you know, the city you live in for a long time. And they go, Tim, you know, you're making 120,000 and we're, we're, we're hiring people right out of this college, ASU, for 40,000. We can hire three people for the price of you. Yep. And they start making your life miserable and, you know, saying no to every story you want to cover. And pretty soon Tim goes, ah, I don't want to work for this. And guess what? Those three millennials who've got journalism degrees 
are very yeah air quotes right yeah, there active, the theater degrees they're going social to social justice they're warriors going to be communists yeah and I'll tell you my thoughts on that and this is what this is why I asked um you know based on what I had seen when I was working for some of these companies it was when they were bringing in more and more young people younger millennials is when they started to have a bigger influence on the culture and what I discovered when I was uh you know managing you know uh, uh I, I was never a manager but when I was working with younger people you're on, a manager now. Definitely now. Okay. I mean, I'm the CEO of a company, but uh, not that it's a big company. But um, what I found is many of these young people had never had a job in their lives. Right. They had never worked. And so what happens is they go to school from kindergarten all the way up until they're 22 or 24. They've always been told what to do and by someone in charge. Mm-hmm. So they have no, uh, they, they not within them. They do not have the I'll figure this out uh, attitude. They're not entrepreneurs. They're not driven. Quite literally, I experienced when working with these people is they'd come up to you and say, just tell me what to do. And I would say, you need to figure it out. Like, here's your problem. That's on you. I, I, w- I did not hire you so that I could solve problems for you. And they You're were given freedom as a child because of fear that the media put in. Oh, my gosh, don't let your kid ride their bike. There could be a bad guy who wants to nab them. Mm-hmm. There are bad guys out there. Don't yep. get me wrong. But we, when I was growing up, we had tons of freedom. Begin, my, my parents would say, get the heck out of the house and don't come back in <laughs> until we call you. And, yep. no matter, and we would go out and play. And Maybe worried. that's the secret because so I had that too. They didn't have any of that freedom to grow up in and, and learn all these little things. And now CPS is showing up at people's homes because they had their children walk home from school. That was literally a case that serious? happened here in the United States. Yeah, I, I think also, I mean, we talk about the corporate media a lot, but I think we also have to acknowledge big tech social media and the algorithms, I think, play mm-hmm. more of an imperative role to the development of young children, especially with parents literally throwing their phone at a baby just to keep them occupied, oh, showing them their latest kind of Hollywood propaganda, uh, you know, that usually could, probably could have been produced by someone like Harvey Weinstein or some mm-hmm. other sicko or creepo. Uh, and, and, and I think we have to understand when, when there's algorithms, they are literally shaping people's perceptions Absolutely. of reality. And when they do that, they could shape your reality to whatever they want. And I think they did it, it, it they did it in such a twisted way where we're seeing record high suicides, record high depressions, record high mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that's done deliberately because when you have someone who's not help, happy, when you have someone who's not healthy, they're going to be someone that's going to be dependent on someone. Who's going to be that dependent? The state. The government, rather than, of course, the parents, the family members, the individuals who are standing up for each other as responsible human beings. We don't have that anymore. Well, we have the state as the, the mom and dad of people's lives. And we saw so many of people move into having the state control their life during COVID. They yeah. left the job, had to close down. They left. They're getting paid. They're sitting home. And now the people who got back out there and got to work are being told, get the jab, if I can say that, or lose your job with the mandates that are out right now. And so this is, uh, we're, we're taking the final group of people who are the working engine in this society and they're trying to get them to, to walk away from their job. And it's really frightening. And then, and then what, what do you do if they say, get the job or leave your, your job? And you say, no, I'm not going to get that. I don't want to, whatever the reason being, you, you want your freedom. You walk away. Now you're on the system. We, they, they're, they're destroying the working class. Are, are you, uh, are you familiar with the band, the offspring? No. You never heard of them? So they're actually... They're, can, you sing, can you sing a few uh, lines? This separated, you know, that one from the 90s. Um, maybe, maybe you don't. Uh, I definitely could, and Do I'd I like to. And I actually, uh, I don't... Anyway, anyway. Uh, they're a very big band. They're very big. They were, okay. they were super huge in the 90s. They, they had... Punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the biggest 
the largest record sales or most amount of records sold for any independent label ever. Now I'm embarrassed that I don't. I, I probably will hear. You know, you know the song out. "Pretty okay. Fly for a White Guy." It's a great song. No, uh, what else? I don't know. Uh, anyway, look, they had their, their drummer was actually kicked out of the band because he had Guillain-Barre syndrome, and you can't get the vaccine. Well, the doctor at least right. said, "I, you're not a candidate for the. You know, you can't get this because." If you get if you have Guillain-Barre syndrome, they're worried you can get nerve issues. Right, right. And so when uh, I guess when when he talked to the band, or I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is ultimately he ends up kicked out of the band mm-hmm. for that reason. It became kind of a, a big issue in the news a little bit for those that are interested in music, but that one to me was kind of the most insane. Now, I was on Joe Rogan's show. And he was saying to me that, well, look, man, that's tough because venues won't let you perform with someone who's unvaccinated. And I was like, I hear you. I hear you. So this band, The Offspring, is a business. They have an employee. They need to go to venues to sell their product. And many of these venues are like, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in. It's insane to me that someone based uh, I mean, first of all, it's insane to me there's a mandate, period. Mm -hmm. But to actually tell someone who's got a medical condition, you will lose your job because of your medical condition. I thought that was illegal. And, you know, look. It's a, it's a clever workaround, I suppose. If the venue won't let you in, the band can be like, we're not letting you go. You just can't work for us anymore. But if it were me, and this is why I, I have, uh, uh, I don't know the story from, you know, the, the, the main guys at the offspring, Dexter Holland's mm-hmm, the main guy, mm-hmm. and then, the, you know, the, his guitarist noodles. I don't know what their side of the story is, but based on what I've heard, if this dude said, look, my doctor says I can't get it, and they said, get out, you're fired. That's scumbaggery. That is that is that yeah. is that yeah. is wrong. You know what you do, Travis Tritt. Is that is that the country star who said, you know, I'm not going to perform at these arenas that are mandating um, my fans come and show any vaccine mandate or show any vaccine passport, or that my my staff, my band members, we're we're in tough times right now. We're in times where we have to make difficult choices, and that might mean walking away from a paycheck or walking away from a payday for this band. You know, but you know, when, when, if we don't start standing up and doing the right thing, what's the next step? Comedian well, Jim Brewer we're gonna be also Australia. did that as well. Yeah, yeah. Jim so, Brewer also did that. I just want, I just want to point out again to stress. I don't know exactly what went on with this band, and I want to be careful because, for all I know, like they were throwing pies at each other, and people get fired. <laughs> people get fired sometimes. But if uh, operate under the assumption that there is a band worth millions of dollars, if you Google search the network of net worth of Dexter Holland, it's eighty million dollars. That doesn't mean it really is. But the dude is particularly wealthy. Mm-hmm. You've got a drummer, I think, who played with him for over a decade, I think like 14 years. And all of a sudden, this thing happens where it's like venues aren't going to let you in. It is mind-blowing to me. And this is this is where I say, like, economically, I'm pr- probably lefty. I would never I would never do that to somebody. If if I had a company that was worth $80 million and we had we had cash and and the government came down i would do two things the first i'd say then we will only play venues that don't have this and if for some reason we have no choice because it's a city with fans and they and we have to play i will find a session drummer for this show buddy you've been with us for over a decade i will not let you down i could i can't uh, fathom a reality in which there are people who are like i may be worth 80 million dollars but screw you you're fired because mm-hmm. of a, because of what they're doing with this mandate that to me is sickening well, and that's a good a, a solution. Okay, if we have to perform, we've got fans who want to see us. We have our band, you know, we bring somebody in. You pay the guy who's part of the band for how many years, and then you don't fire him. 
They're, I, they're, people are going to be sued later because we're going to find out this is all unconstitutional. Yeah, and I think that's and, why. And this band has to someday, and I know, I don't know if you're religious, meet their maker. And you're going to meet your maker and you're going to say, I did the right thing or I did the wrong thing. Or you're going to look at your kids one day and say, when this country hopefully were saved, you're going to say, I was part of saving this country. This is supposed to be a punk band. Hmm. And it exactly. is the antithesis of punk it rock. It sounds like a personality issue. It's just I, too too weird to not be. I don't know, man. After uh, 14, 15 years, yeah, I, I don't believe wrong. so. But don't these don't, bands make all their money by performing live now? I heard that you know yeah. with the record labels, you're not making what you think you these guys would make, so they have to perform live. Some of the people from the 90s got fathered in and grandfathered in, and they're still they? raking it in with But wouldn't being deals. a punk band, wouldn't it be so much cooler to say, you know what? We we're gonna go to this arena and no screw it we're not going there. Right. We're gonna somebody find a, a big field. What at Tim's house out here with all this land and we're gonna do our free Damistan. Right. We got fifty acres. <laughs> we're going to free Damistan. That's what we're doing. You know, and that's why we Luke came up with the name. This is that free Damistan. Are you holding concerts there? We are going to. That's great. Well, hopefully it's West Virginia, so nobody you, really cares. You're you can do anything you want. You almost can. Well, when we drove almost. out here, I was like, is this a Blair Witch project? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on yeah. here? We are a it few miles. Like that. We, are a, yeah. we are a few miles away from where they filmed Blair Witch, right. apparently. That's what I was told. Yeah. You know. I can't believe how true. thick the forest is out here. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, you can't even walk through it probably without hitting a tree. Oh, we, we, had a, so we had a bear dense. attack. We had a, we had a bear. So we have uh, a chicken coop. It's very nice in front it's of the house. It's bigger than my house. No, no. That's, the, that's new chicken city. Okay. The ruins of old Chicken City are in front. <laughs> the rubble. And yeah, the, it, it's the old. But we we had a bear. I, I guess look with the lockdowns, there's less refuse. Animals become more desperate. And a bear actually. This this is basically our front porch. So you have our front porch, and the, to the left is where the coop is. And a bear came and yeah. actually tried ripping it open. And we we had you know people around us being like there was a bear through the neighborhood, and we saw the metal ripped <gasps> off, and we were like that was the bear. Oh. So you know uh, where I'm going with this is guns. <laughs> Because uh, out here in the middle of nowhere, Did you shoot the bear. Is this no, how this no, ends? no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. But that's where I'm going. The point I'm making is to to wrap up. The, the, you know, the other th- we're talking about music and freedom. My attitude is I will not go to these venues in in New York. Uh, Jack Murphy, a good friend of uh, a, a good friend of ours, and he, uh, end of the show, he's been doing these events, and he said we're going to do ours on the other side of the river because they've got vaccine mandates in New York, and we can do it at a venue with that one. I I I believe. Right. Maybe you can't play a stadium because they're all mandating it, but stand up for something. Right. So for us, we have this space and we can do almost anything. So we'll have a shooting range and we're going to be putting on concerts and we're going to be hosting events That's great. where we can just say, you know, screw it. There's also Pork Fest up in New Hampshire that has, you know, it's all about freedom and they've got the Free State Project. A bunch of Bitcoin conferences. There's a bunch of free festivals. There's a bunch of people coming together. There is a mass awakening totally. with protests happening all over the world <laughs> in huge record numbers that are absolutely incredible to see filling the streets for blocks on down. And I just had this idea randomly, Tim. I think we should do a parody of the Blair Witch Project. We go to the <laughs> woods that they filmed it in, oh, but man. we have firearms. So if someone messes with us, we just shoot them <laughs> oh, and then no. the, that's the end of the movie. It's like, okay, that's that's what happens when you're armed. You're able to defend yourself and no one's able to hurt you or kill you. Right. We wouldn't have had a two-hour terrifying movie. It'll be like two minutes long. They're like, oh, we're walking in the woods. Oh, there's someone trying to hurt us. Trying to kill him. It'll be like that famous scene from the movie where Luke's got the camera pointed up his nose and he's like looking around. He goes... I think you I need a wide cam for that one. He got, he's got a wide cam, <laughs> and then he's like, "I hear something, Tim. Do you hear that? What's who is there?" 
And then Luke goes, hold on. And then he just unholsters his sidearm and he's like, <laughs> don't move. Uh, he's armed. Don't move. Don't make me. Put it down. Put it down. He's running away. All right. Anyway, what, what were you talking about, Tim? You were telling me a joke. Uh, no, but no, m- moving on from that, I'm curious about, uh, uh, I'm, 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 you, you're probably pro 2A across the board. Absolutely. Yeah. I let's mean, talk about guns. I, the thing is, I, I know people who never even owned a gun who are now, they have guns. They've got ammo. They're stocking up. I mean, what's happened the last couple of years has woken up a lot of people. And, uh, I'm not only, my whole family knows how to, you know, shoot and all of that. We do, you know, target practice outside and at our gun club. But I think it's imperative to have the Second Amendment. The only thing keeping us America and free right now is our Second Amendment. I was, I was gonna it's ask most you, important. where on the Republican political <laughs> spectrum are you? Are you in the Mitt Romney authoritarian status <laughs> sector? Or are you in the Ron Paul, I believe, in freedom sector? Can you have where that sword over there, somebody? <laughs> where, where, on what level are you? Uh, let me just put it this way. Um, I'm endorsed by let, America let, let's, first. Let's say Ron Paul is a hundred, Mitt Romney is a zero on the freedom <laughs> scale. What's your number? I'm a hundred. Okay. I'm a hundred. I am a, I'm a Trump Republican, as I like to say. Um, I'm endorsed by President Trump, proud of that, by Congressman Gosar, by Rick Grinnell, Michael Flynn, Mike Lindell, one oh, of my wow. favorite patriots. So I have. Guy. I have the uh, the America First movement. From well, well Trump, me. I would I would say was like a, to my my opinion, my perspective, like a forty five, thirty five. I mean, he did he did the bump stock ban. He made a lot of incredulous moves against the Second mm-hmm. Amendment. Personally, oh, uh, you were talking only on the Second no, no, Amendment. No, 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 in freedom, okay. all just freedom in general. I am a hundred percent pro two A, and and as I say, my my stance on it is shall not be infringed. I will never sign any legislation that would infringe whatsoever. Now on. Will Second you amendment. work towards repealing unconstitutional gun laws? Absolutely. That's, that's you know, but I think people think they go, oh, the governor has all the governor has all the power to do everything. You have to have legislators working with you. You know, this is how the system works. So we'd have to. And, and Arizona is a very free uh, state when it comes to Second Amendment. I think it's probably the most free. You know, we've had open carry. Texas didn't even have open carry until last year. Right, yeah. uh, yep. right, right. Yep. Uh, Lauren Boebert's Arizona, isn't she? No, or no. Uh, Colorado. Is she Colorado? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. That was. Um, yeah. What about heavy weapons? I, how big? How do you feel? Like how how powerful a weapon do you think it should be legal for someone to carry? Are you asking asking like Joe Biden saying you need to have a uh, fighter jets if you're really going to take on the? Yeah, like because people used to be losing to the Taliban able to own the next week. <laughs> they, they could own warships. This is something Tim quotes from time to time. Nuclear... People could own warships under the Second Amendment, like privateers, I mean, and then the government would conscript them to go fight for them. But like private citizens could own warships. So should a private citizen be able to own a small nuclear device, nuclear bomb, uh, I'm rocket launchers? I'm not for nuclear weapons. <laughs> I'm not for private citizens. What about citizens. rocket launchers? Um, the tough questions, I, do, huh? These are tough questions. <laughs> I don't think I, – I, I am I am for – you know, there's probably – any weapon that any any gun. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm pro two A. So I I I don't know ro- rocket launcher. It's a, I, it's I want getting more powerful. So it's important debate. Is, is a rocket launcher a firearm? Definitely, it's a ballistic right to bear arms. But air, it, it is arms, and so this is an issue. Uh, yeah. My my attitude is private citizens should be allowed to own rocket launchers. Private citizens should be able to, uh, be allowed to own bazookas. Well, if you RPGs. read the Second Amendment, it talks about you know it's not about hunting and it's not about target shooting. Right. It's about protecting against tyranny. Which, well, it's 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 about protecting everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, a free state, it, you know, uh, it requires the, the people to. I'm not quoting this but I'm saying it. It says, you know, uh, who can you who, who can verbatim? Well, it's the, a well-armed militia, and, and I want to. I just want to. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, we're all. I want to read it specifically. Okay, I'll read it to you if you need it right here. 
a well-regulated militia Thank you. being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The reason I want to get it verbatim is that uh, securing a free state, what does that mean? Well, can you have a free state if a bunch of bears attack your city? No, well, no, not of course not. A lot of them. So it's not about one thing. It's about everything. And so there's been a lot of people who have said it's specifically about when your governor government becomes tyrannical. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. It's not specifically about that. It does include that. It's also about if a foreign adversary seeks to invade your country and everyone's armed mm-hmm. to the teeth and they're like, there's a gun behind or every blade it, of grass. Or if a foreign corporation hijacks your monetary supply and prints your ec- economy into oblivion, you're, that's mm-hmm. threatening the security of your free state right there. What happens if someone comes to your door and tries to pull your family out and put you in uh, a quarantine camp? Mm. Oh yeah, that's when things go go real dark. And this real is quick. well, and I think this is why the difference between Australia, there's a million differences, and America, and I think this is why we haven't had more strong uh, restrictions placed against us, because right. especially in a state like Arizona, you know, behind any door, someone might have a gun. Probably does. You can see it but, in the way the Australian cops move too. They they have no fear. No fear. Yeah, it's and weird. it's and what people need to understand, it's not an issue of assuming that Australians would be running out the door and just firing wildly. It's like Ian mentioned, it's the fear. When the police broke down the door of Brianna Taylor's house, you know the story about Brianna Taylor? Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend fired around in the direction of the door, striking a police officer in the leg. That was ruled justified, and the charges were dropped mm-hmm. because if you break in someone's door, they could be armed. Police in America know this. And that means regardless of what the law is, they have to contend with the fact there's an armed population. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that there's going to be a bunch of right-wing nut jobs taking over with guns everywhere and screaming. And, you know, when, when the government does something wrong, it means the government is scared to make certain moves right. because it's not about whether or not there's an armed militia showing up at your door and saying, we hereby, de- you know, declare. It's about the fact that you tried to enforce a red flag law. This happened, I think it was in Maryland, and the guy showed up with a gun, fought the cops, and the cops had to shoot and kill him. The police understand that when you go to a door, you're not going to get someone saying, okay, you might get a crazy person or not even a crazy person, a scared person. Yes. Brandon Taylor's boyfriend who just said, someone's breaking into my home, fired, hit the cop on the leg. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's America, baby. In Australia, again, like Ian said, the cops are fearless. They know they have nothing Mm -hmm. to worry about. There's a video uh, out of Australia where they kick the door and they walk in, start grabbing people, throwing them around. I'm like, that can't happen here in America the same degree certainly there are no knock warrants it, it will never happen and there's there cops mm. breaking into people's maybe houses in certain they states were breaking where... into businesses a few months ago and shutting yeah. them down but not like that and not yeah like armed. that yeah like that there no. was video what footage state? where was there's that video, there was, i remember, remember seeing video footage in new jersey there was a lady uh who was in her own private shop doing her own thing um and and she was uh, making baskets i believe uh, if i believe the story was was correctly coming off fresh of my mind Police officers literally broke down her door because she was open at her place of business by herself and told her to shut down immediately. In New well, Jersey. In, yeah. in North Jersey, a woman, uh, they, they, they closed everyone's businesses and said, well, you're shut down, end of story. So she started live streaming on Facebook. If you want to buy any of my products, here's what I have. The police showed up and they said, ma'am, you need to shut your store down. And she said, what are you talking about? It is shut down. I'm closed. And they go, no, you're posting things online. Mm. Yep. So these things do happen. Yeah, well, I said and, and not well, like that. I mean, but, not to the scale that it's. No, 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 no. Ian, you're still right. New Jersey has possibly the strictest gun laws in the country. You can barely even get a gun in New Jersey, and if you can, there's crazy rules. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure you can't have a weapon in your place of business. I could be wrong, unless you are like a security guard and you've got mm-hmm. special certification. It is difficult 
and annoying. And so the police in New Jersey are substantially less worried about this is someone's why story. it's so important to vote for the right people. Oh, yeah. This is this kind of stuff would not happen in Arizona, although our governor shut the state down twice. What, what was your take on 80 House Republicans yesterday voting for national registry of of people who are vaccinated? Uh, one of those people was uh, what's that Republicans name with the. Uh, uh, Den Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. Den oh, Crenshaw yeah. and, oh, and 80 man. House Republicans all voted for this. What, how would you vote on this particular issue no. when it comes to a federal registry of, of people who are vaccinated? And what's your response to well, like, Den again, Crenshaw th- for voting for it? You know, uh, Dan Crenshaw used to be a really big hero, and I, and I, some ways I think he is a hero. I mean, he served our country valiantly, and, and I think he's a great guy. But some of the things he's done politically I, I find uh, alarming, that being one of them. That is a terrible idea. Now, I be, I'm running for governor, not I'm ru- not running for Congress, and so this is something that would be handled at the federal level. Of course, yeah. Um, I but am governor's not for more, that. Governor's more important. I'm not for that. Because as a governor, you have the authority to say, we're not going to give you the database. We're not going to give you the information or the data. Would you comply as a governor if there was a federal vaccine? I believe registry? our governor did uh, comply with that. In order to get the federal money, you had to yes. agree to a bunch of stuff. New Hampshire was one of the states that actually declined uh, right. the money as a state. Would you, would you be willing to do the same thing as governor? I would be. Okay. Well, if if it means we're going to give out, well, here's the deal. We did get a lot of money for, and, and then they say it's for COVID relief. Yeah. But not if I'm going to have to give up my, my citizens, our citizens, my fellow citizens information, private I'm, information. I'm impressed. I, I, w- I was expecting you to dance around that, that answer because that's a tough one, right? Well, I mean, look what we're, we're, where it's getting us. We keep yeah. complying with the federal government and all the things they want and look where we are right now. We're no more closer to having our freedom back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And when do we stop and say enough is enough? We're not going to comply anymore. We're going to get off the federal teat. Take your money and shove it. Or give us the money, but we're going to spend it the way we want to spend yeah, it. We're not going to, we're not going to do this, that, and the other with your money. This, this is why I said governor is more important. A lot of people pointed out that if Ron DeSantis were to run in 2024, Florida would lose a very powerful voice who's doing the right thing mm-hmm. for the citizens. And so he's better working in Florida because he's created a, a, a safe haven, essentially, for people. They're flocking to Florida like crazy, buying up property like crazy. Why? Freedom. Yeah. A monoclonal antibodies for free for people who are sick. Lowest COVID cases. The economy reopened a, a while back. And Ron You DeSantis, go there and you don't even realize there's any restrictions. There aren't any yep. restrictions. You're living free. And that's what Arizona is going to be. So I, I, I tell people, too, especially with the legislatures in the states, if you keep thinking the federal government is your path to fixing your problems, you are incorrect. Ron DeSantis has proven that. 
Abbott to a certain degree, he's not perfect. We'll see if he's you know, coming around a little bit. Yeah, yeah maybe Alan West will win because he'll go, you know, he'll he'll go much much more like uh, Ron DeSantis. And then uh, when it comes to a, a potential convention of states, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, changes can be made if at the state level people vote for. And we mentioned this across the board, and also to this point, district attorneys. Very important, big issue. But I, I think and county attorneys and sheriffs. I mean, it's. We just have to be educated where we're going. We have to be educated. And I believe the America First movement. And we're going to look at who's funding these people. Who are their consultants? People are waking up to it. And you mentioned some people who are still asleep, like the person you talked about uh, earlier. A friend of mine. Yeah. We're not going to name names, but who's just completely unaware of anything. But I think a lot of people are waking up and who were never involved in politics. We're seeing them when we do events. We have a movement afoot in Arizona. We do events that... Thousands of people come out too. We do rallies and, uh, you know, all kinds of rallies and people come up to me and say, I am embarrassed to say this, but I've never voted before. And yeah. I'm whatever age, 50 something. And I'm, I'm voting. I'm so worried about where this country, I've never been politi- politically involved, but I know who's running, who their consultants are, what's behind them, what they believe in. So there's a lot of exciting things happen. I'm actually very hopeful for the future. I was at a Trump rally in Fort Lauderdale back in 2016 and Every single person that I, I talked to had said, like, I'm either independent or I've not voted before. And I was like, you're at a Republican rally. And they were like, Trump's different, man. It's, you know, a lot of these people felt like Mitt Romney. Like you saw the disdain that this Luke Rutkowski yeah. has for the Mitt Romneys of this country. <laughs> and yet, But Trump supporters do, too. They despise I him. I do, too. I do, too. And, and Jeff Flake and, and John McCain. I mean, we saw a lot of that rhino. And we have that in Arizona. We have a deep, deep swamp in Arizona. And, you know, people go, don't say rhinos. Well, that's what they are. Actually, I disagree. Um, I think you're the rhino. You want to think I'm the rhino. You want to, but you know what, you know what I mean by that? Why? That the establishment, the Republican party has always been this feckless, weak, and, you know, in my opinion, well, well, ineffective. And what's happened now is a bunch of people like Trump, like DeSantis, and like you have come in under the umbrella of Republican representing something with principle. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say, I think you don't want you, you, to, to. Well, I, you see I, what I'm, I, saying? I'm the conservative running. I'm re, I'm a conservative running as a Republican. Exactly because the Republican Party, I do believe, is the party of Trump. It's the Trump Republican Party. Now it and is. That is America first. And you know, I talk to people who are establishment, and I believe I can bring people together. I was a Republican looking from the outside in before I became a politician, thinking that the party, you know, we had the rhinos and all of that, but I, I thought the party was more congealed and together. Now that I'm running, I realize it's so fractured. And and I believe we can bring this party together, but the establishment has to realize America First is here to stay. And they should love that. We've brought people off the sidelines, people who you mentioned at the Trump rally that I've seen at our rallies who've never voted before. But this we is what, want this, them in. This, this is what I mean, basically. When I see a ton of people who are not Republicans, who are joining the Republicans, but not because of Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney is what what I think of when I think of Republican. He repels people from and, the party. And it, it is a an elitist, corporatist, anti-American. The Koch brothers were all about the open borders and mm-hmm. you know bringing in cheap labor to exploit. Even Bernie Sanders opposed it. Trump was not like the rest of them when he came in. So he was a Republican, but just in name, he rep- represented something new. So to be fair, I would say now the party has become the party of Trump. Mm-hmm. And now that is what it means to be Repu- Republican. So now I would say I understand right. when when you refer to McCain and these individuals <laughs> as rhinos, it's because they're the people who don't actually represent the new the, the voter base, 
those who are joining the party and those who are stepping up. It's huge what's happening, though. I mean, it is so huge what's happening. It's very exciting. I go, we go to events, and they say, oh, can you come speak at this Republican group or, or wherever we go? And they call us a couple weeks later, and they say, we need to move the location. We, we usually get 30 people. We have 130. And this is what we're seeing everywhere we go. People are off the sidelines. They're very excited about our campaign. And we have a movement. We have more volunteers than any other campaign in the, in the country right now. It took us only three weeks to get our signatures to get on the ballot. It usually takes, to put that in perspective, and I'm, I'm new to politics, so I'm like, okay, three weeks. Why, why did it take us three weeks? And they say, Carrie, no, you don't understand. It normally takes candidates nine months to get them, wow. and they have to pay for them, and sometimes they don't get them at all. You got your, you got your signatures in three weeks. It's never been done in the history of Arizona. Well, I mean, is, is so any- People are excited. Uh, when's the election for Arizona? August second. That's the primary. So of of next year. Yeah, you're getting a, you're getting a head start, huh? Mm-hmm. We're active. We've been running since June first, and we've been running like it was October of twenty two. My staff jokes it's like we're running like it's the last month leading up to the uh, general election. Do you have a a show? Sorry to interrupt, but do you like a talk show? You'd be great. No, hosting, I need one. <laughs> yeah, a weekly talk show on TV for three decades. I've thought keep, about doing a podcast, so this is yourself. really interesting to watch. Yeah. But I thought it was easier than this. I, I thought with just me and a camera, and, and you would bring somebody else in. But this is a quite an ordeal. Well, it's the best way to do it because it's not scripted. You you talk from your your heart. You don't talk from talking <clears throat> points. There's nothing scripted here. And and I, I still got a lot of questions because there's a lot of people that I know that are absolutely disenfranchised with the Donald Trump party. They're they're not happy that he passed gun control that. He he didn't release the CIA documents, that he didn't pardon Assange, that he didn't support his supporters on January 6th. And some people are saying that this is just a two-party duopoly. Hmm. What do you say to people who are disenfranchised with the left-right political system, which they see as uh, you know two sides of the same coin that are essentially representing the special interests? I'm disenfranchised with the two-party system as well, but I think you know I think President Trump did a really good job, and he did what he could. We don't know everything he was up against. I mean, he was the first one going in as an outsider into the swamp, and people go, "Well, he hired the wrong people." Didn't you know? There's a lot of positions you have to hire, and he didn't have the best people to choose from. He's working in the swamp. Fauci and, we, and uh, what's he didn't the, hire and, Fauci. Though. And what's he could have fired Fauci? I he wish he would have fired, but him. he had him around him. And then what's that guy with the weird mustache? John Bolton. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Yikes. John Bolton. I mean, that, that to me is not just bad people. That's you like ha- really yeah. Bad you people. have to go in, yeah. and you got to hire people though. And he didn't make all the right decisions, but I think, I think he uh, on. All in all, I think he did an amazing job. Not, he's not perfect. You know, I love it when people say about Trump, I wish his tweets would have been nicer. I wish he wouldn't have been so rough and, or whatever they say. And I think he's a New Yorker. The reason we got somebody who was strong enough to go up against the system to beat down all of those, what was it, 17, 18, 19 contenders, just one after the next, he brought them down. Crazy. And go in there and have the coconuts to do the right thing. <laughs> Is because he big. was a tough New Yorker, and and I, I it, it irritates me when people go, "I wish I like you, I really like you, Luke, but I wish you were a little less this way." Well, we don't get to do that with human beings. Are, are there any moves he did that you would criticize, or you would do differently than he did? Whether it's gun well, control, I mean, whether it's uh, bombing foreign countries, is there anything he did that you will look back and say, "I, I didn't like this." I want to do this if I was in his position. I'm not going to sit here and criticize. I mean, look at him and say, oh, I wish he wouldn't have done this and that. And the, I think I, on average, I think President Trump did an amazing job. I don't know what he was up against during each of these pivotal moments when he was making big decisions. You know, he was really up against a lot of people 
media was on him, that the swamp was on him, his own party sometimes was on him, and I think he did the best job he could. I think the whole his whole party was on him the entire time. Uh, the, the established Republicans yeah. from even uh, people we think were with him, and then you find out, oh my gosh, that at, guy wasn't with him. Look at Russiagate. I mean, the Republican Party was like, well, you know, we're going to have to look into this instead of just being like, shut it down. They controlled. They they had two years in control mm-hmm. of Congress, and they and they they did nothing. And I think a lot of people were disillusioned by it. And Trump even said, if we lose the House, I will be impeached. And my response, you know, my attitude then is kind of like, the Republican Party wasn't doing anything for Trump. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I think it's fair to say. Donald Trump should have fired Fauci, and that's at least one thing you think he should have done, right? Yeah, he should have, but I think, I think the reason <laughs> he go. didn't is because he probably was um, – we, we, we know why. It was, it was – I think it was Kushner and, uh, and, and some of his other advisors who were like, no, 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 don't fire him. The people love him. The media yeah. loves him. And we, we've had a few of Trump's you know, uh, former senior individuals and people mm-hmm. close to him who have been like, he was getting advice from them saying not to get rid of Fauci. Mm-hmm. And he should have. I mean, I don't know. Biden probably yeah. would, have, would have hired him back or something. But so what? Trump was getting bad advice from that man. Yeah. Well, and you do take advice from the people around you. I think that's a smart thing to do. And, and maybe his gut was telling him to fire Fauci, but he had a lot of people going, don't do it, don't do it. And he's like, well, maybe I'm having a, maybe the right or... You know, he had some smart people around him. How about firing Mark Milley? Hmm. Mark Milley. Um, who was he? Was That's he the name, right? G- Mark Milley? Yeah, it's Mark, right, Mark Milley. Milley. Yeah, the general. general oh, uh, the general George, Milley. George oh, my gosh. <laughs> the one who, when they walked out to the church and then he badmouthed that move. Or who said, you know, we need to look into white rage or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He should have fired that guy. Yes, he should have fired that guy. <laughs> Maybe so. Well, I think he talks about it. The TV generals versus the, what does he call them? The ones who, who go on all the talking heads and then the real generals. Yeah. He should have pardoned Julian Assange on his way out. But I also think... Why do you think he didn't do that? I think people need to understand the power of the bureaucratic state. And I think... The ramifications if he did that and what they might have pulled or what? Yes. I think people assume that once Trump got the seat of power, that he could have just pen-stroked all of these things. He could not do that. And as much as I wanted him, Ross Ulbricht and Julian Assange should have both been pardoned. I feel like he was sitting there and he probably some, – there's something we don't know and he was like, here's who I can pardon and here's who I can't because they will absolutely get revenge on you. Mm-hmm. And, well, I, 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 and this is why I say you, when you bring all these things up, we don't know all of the different variables that were of at course. play in these. So I don't want to sit and criticize who I yeah. think was one of the greatest presidents or if not the greatest president of my lifetime. Yeah. I, I personally think everyone should be criticized, especially if they're in power. Mm-hmm. But we're also dealing with a situation that, of course, we're looking from the outside in. And that's why I like mm-hmm. talking to individuals, getting their perspective, getting their honest kind of takes on this. Because uh, And another thing I wanted to add, Tim, to your point, um, he was facing retaliation about potentially being attacked. But the way Donald Trump left, he was viciously attacked. I know. Uh, and there's a lot of things being, that happened. He's not uh, in office right now. They're still attacking yeah. him and blaming him yeah. for everything. Well, I, I agree with you on the instant where it came to the corporate media. They became hysterical, nonsensical, and, and totally erratic when it came to any kind of news reporting surrounding him because every little thing he did, they would trump up as, as, as Hitler, which was absolutely insane. It was mm-hmm. nonsensical. It was garbled nonsense, and they attacked him 
on no real legitimate critical issues that I believe he should have been criticized on. Um, and that's why I'm kind of bringing up the point yeah, of no, starting absolutely. this conversation because I want to have an honest conversation yeah. about what I really think, what you really think, and, 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 and who, you know, who you really are. And I think that's important mm-hmm. to, Trump, to lay out. And, and, you know, I think you're it doing was, it. I think it was, I, I, I could be wrong about this. Sheldon Adelson, is that his name? The, the Adelson? Yes. The, Adelson? Yeah. My, I, I could be wrong about this, so definitely fact check me, but I believe <laughs> the reason he hired Bolton was because, you know, when he got support in his campaign, Campaign from Adelson, that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it, uh, that he was like, I want you to hire John Bolton. And Trump was like, okay, you know, makes sense. And Bolton is an idiot, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, he had, he had this, this, this line, uh, I remember when he said it, but it was uh, during the Trump years, by this time next year, we'll be celebrating in Tehran mm-hmm. to imply that the, America, the United States would invade Iran and then have a stage set up celebrating their victory in a year, to me, is absolutely insane. People don't understand that uh, that Iran is not Afghanistan or Iraq. It is a massive, mountainous, developed nation. And to have people who are just fervently, like, pro-war. So, Well, Trump wasn't pro-war. But maybe he felt if he keeps his enemies close, you know? But yeah, I, yeah, I, he, no, I, I, I think, think Obama I th- thought that, too, when he got all those corporate guys to be surround him. In, I, in the mm. first couple of weeks of his administration, then he got co-opted. I know yeah. Trump isn't pro-war, but Trump was was he was lied to for one. So I'll give him that when he was trying to withdraw from Syria and from Afghanistan, his own people in the government re- reportedly were lying. When it came to Syria, they lied about the amount of troops we had there, so that Trump thought we withdrew everyone and they kept them in. That is insane. That's a lie to the American people. Trump still did have commando raids in Yemen, arms deals with Saudi Arabia. What's going on in Yemen is absolutely horrifying. And he did fire, what was it, 59 Tomahawk missiles into Syria. And then the media praises him to a certain degree because of it. So I'll just put it this way. I certainly think Trump was surprisingly the best I've seen in my lifetime in terms of withdrawing from Afghanistan. And then Joe Biden screws the whole, whole oh my thing gosh, up. It's horrible. Pr- miserable screw up. We've had and Trump. And the media doesn't talk about it. It's a surrender. He's it's surrendered. like a, it's like surrender. a two day story. Joe Biden is a 20 year war that we're winning and he surrenders. I think yeah. Joe Biden may be the worst. Maybe it's not fair to and say and the you worst. You know, the weapons they left behind were the, the most top grade weapons that are out there. $85 billion worth. How come I'm hearing from my mother? And They're going to be used against us. That these weapons are obsolete. They're like, all oh, the no, weapons no, no, that they no, left no. there aren't even any good anyway. Like that's kind of they spun. The media has spun. That's not true. That's not true. No, they were, they were sources. flying one of the helicopters around. Yeah. N- now they're not going to be able to maintain them or anything like that, but. When I saw Donald Maybe. Trump, the this is one, one of the greatest moments of the Trump presidency. When he comes out, the helicopter's roaring and the mm-hmm. press asks him what's going on. And he's like, we're going to do an excellent weapons deal with Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it's going to be great for the economy. And all of the anti-war left, just like their jaws hit the floor, like he just came out and admitted what the United States does. We're going to go President's keep the oil in Syria. Yep, it's going to be yep. ours. We're going to keep the troops there protecting our oil, which See? we're going to get money from. Well, these companies yeah. sell weapons. I mean, they're big companies. They don't sell the, – the grade of weapon they sell outside of the United States military is lower grade. This is why Trump was one of the best presidents we've ever had, at least in the modern era, because when he couldn't get the troops out of Syria because he wanted a complete withdrawal – and they were like, no, we have to keep some men. He goes out publicly and says, you know, I wanted to get the troops out of Syria, but we got to keep in about 200 so we can take the oil. <laughs> and I was just like, keep talking, keep talking. Let everybody hear what you're saying. 
I think Trump knew what he was doing when he was saying that stuff. I think Trump likes the idea of, you know, America being great and a strong military, but Trump's America first. Mm -hmm. Trump wanted oil produced here. He made, he helped make and he helped maintain American energy independence. And then Joe Biden drops the, fumbles the ball, gives the Nord Stream 2 to Russia, and now is begging OPEC to give us oil because we're in trouble. Then he releases strategic oil that lasts us two days. Joe Biden is trash. Fumble implies an error. I don't believe it was an error. I think he intentionally did this. And think of the jobs, the tens of thousands of jobs that were lost. Look at our our gas prices. What, you know, I don't know what they are here. It's got to be a lot more than in Arizona. Arm and a leg. 350 here? I thought it it would be higher this close to D.C. Yeah, so um, it's actually way worse in Colorado than it is here, which was really surprising to me. Try California. Oh, yeah, I know California. But, you know, we're looking at all of our energy prices going up. Right. They shut down a, a coal um, coal industry. They're shutting down the coal industry. So we're going to look at all the prices going up. Thank God we have a great nuclear power plant in Arizona with lots of I, – I believe in clean energy, but I also believe in energy that works. I want to know when I turn my air conditioner on in Arizona, I'm going to get – the air conditioner is going to work. There's going to be power for it. And my bill's not going to you know bring me under and keep me from being able to feed my family. So I want energy that is clean, of course, but I think nuclear energy is clean. I completely agree. And all it this is. push for wind and solar, that's great. Fine. Let's, if we want to go that way, that's great, but we have to have energy that is reliable. Nuclear energy is green. There's no carbon emissions right. and it has some of the highest energy output, energy earned on energy invested. Yet it is for whatever reason, progressives, and as much as I'm a fan, even Tulsi Gabbard opposes nuclear energy, and it's it makes no sense. Well, the, well, a problem with its reliability is that it's centralized in plants, and that if the power grid goes down, you well, can't they have the new it. mini the new mini. There's a name for it. The fancier mini, name, mini nukes. The mini the mini nuclear plants. They are. <laughs> are they really? And you can pack them together if you need. How depending on how much power, one, two, three, you can do a six pack of them and and provide power. I, I this heard, is the uh, future. Trust I heard me. Bill Gates was working on this. I I think um, if some I'm going to look it up really now, quickly. Well, now you're creeping me out. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, and I think that project. We'll just go back fa- to throwing fa- some wood on the fire to heat. Yeah. yeah um, I'm going to look this. Speaking up of this. which, I'm from Arizona. Okay. It's freezing in here. You guys are all. <laughs> Thank like, you. What? Thank you. I'm wearing a sweater. I wear, I wear oh, blankets man. and sweaters. Yeah, it's like, like 70. Well, C- CBS News. Bill Gates's mini nukes. Not that? a wacky idea as energy vision as you think. The mini. Uh, this is CBS News. So this is um, the future. Look yeah. into it. Yeah. 71. Well, it 71 degrees in here. Seven. I think it's actually it says 67. I think it's 67 in here. That's not reading the right temperature. It's probably 61 in here. Maybe 67 is where it's set to. The current temperature is 70. I mean, my room okay. is 74, and it's like 10 or 15 degrees warmer than this room. Well, in Arizona, and this is probably going to shock people, Thin even skin. from Arizona watching, in the summer, we keep our air conditioner at like 80, 82. Does that seem really hot? Yes. Yeah. Well, when it's 110 outside, though? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but it's oh, dry. It's relatively it's dry. dry. It is a dry heat. You're it's right. dry heat. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't notice it as much because it's just like you're sweating. It's evaporating instantly. Yeah. And it, it gets cold at night, though. It does in the winter, very yeah. cold, very cold. Like, what, what does it get to at night in the winter? It say, can like get down Phoenix? in, well, in, in like uh, December, January, it can get down in the thirties and forties yeah. at night. It really gets cold at night. It's like a, it's like a, um, I've been to Phoenix a few times. It's a huge swing from night and day, right? Very big. I remember the dry, the dry conditions. So we can heat, dry air heats up faster and it also cools down faster. No clouds. I remember I was skating, uh, in Phoenix and it was like 108 and then at night it was 50. <sighs> 
Did you? Is yeah. the Grand Canyon? Does it run through Arizona? I'm yeah, we up. we have one of the seven wonders of the world in Arizona. We're the Grand Canyon state. We drove. I drove through there from L.A. to Ohio, and the heat. It got so cold around the canyon because I think the heat was falling into the canyon. Ooh, interesting. No, the what, cold what goes down. Heat goes up again. Yeah. Well, there is no such thing as cold. Cold is only when the heat goes from one to the right, other. Right. So the heat would be going up. It would be colder yeah. in the canyon. But I think literally the heat was falling into the canyon. Hot air was falling <laughs> in because it's so deep. You can see it. Right I've now. been to Arizona. What time of year was that when you were there? Um, in winter? Like for three years. No, it was, it was in the summer. Hmm. It was in June huh. of like three yeah. years ago. And it got down to like 38 at night month, with, with black ice. Now, I, I've been or to Arizona a lot. Night, it, yeah. It's a beautiful state, uh, especially Sedona. So so I just kind of want to ask you. I was married in Sedona, by the way. How are you going to get the hippies to vote for you in Sedona? What is your Sedona hippie policy? Sedona is changing. I was there for an event. Um, it was a meet and greet at someone's home. We had about, I don't know, 75 or 100 people. And I said, please don't just bring people who already like me. I want you to bring people in who are like, I don't know. And she brought 10 Democrats in who are not happy with the direction the country's going. Nine of them ended up changing their party affiliation after our meet and greet. So people are waking up to this nonsense that's happening. The leftist policies don't work. The liberal policies don't work, and we can see it. We have a, and I don't know how the you know situation is here regionally, but we have got a state called California. Some call it California, right next mm-hmm. to us, and this is the state that we escaped to uh, in those June days where it's 120 degrees and we want to go to the beach. People aren't even doing that anymore. California is so wrecked from decades of liberal policy. So people are seeing it in Arizona, and Sedona's changed quite a bit because Californians have been moving over. You know, you've heard the don't California my Arizona, don't California our Arizona. The situation's gotten so bad in California that people are just fleeing. They're picking up, and they're buying homes in Arizona, and it's changing the landscape of Arizona. And Arizonans don't like it, so they're waking up in places like Sedona. There are still some hippie enclaves. There's nothing wrong with hippies. I like hippies. But, uh, Ian's, Ian's a hippie. Ian's a hippie. <laughs> Sedona's changing, and people are just wanting a little more common sense. They don't want to see this influx of... Uh, California ideas and policies coming in. You gotta vote for the candidate who says California. I right, mean, that's yeah, just, exactly. That's I it. mean, have you been there lately? <laughs> it's Yo, pretty bad. It is. And, we and, used and to want to go to the beach, you know, oh, let's take a weekend and I don't even want to do it anymore. I'll just swim in the pool. It's wow. happening in West Virginia a bit too because in DC it's really bad. Yeah. So what happens is the more, the wealthier DC uh, people and they're also the periphery of Maryland and Virginia, they're moving further west and West Virginia is pretty awesome. And so what's happening is these people are moving to West Virginia and then going, they're, they're, they're going on Facebook and I, that live in the mountain not too far from me and they're like, I heard someone shooting their guns and this is inappropriate. There are children. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, it was probably like scaring off a bear or something. Yeah. So if you're, if you're worried about being here, just want to let you know people shoot guns all right. the time. <laughs> One of the things that we're hearing is like, there will be like a shooting range. And then all of these urban liberals move around it knowing this and signing an agreement saying you realize there's a shooting range. Yeah. But then once they have the dominant majority, they all say, yeah, well, now we're going to vote to change take it the away. Law. Yeah. Yep. They, they, or they get into the city council, the town council and change yep. the law. Yep. Exactly. And so uh, in West Virginia, where I'm at, there are uh, uh, communists. And I, I'm, I'm not using that word as a pejorative. I'm not using it uh, uh, disparagingly. Literal people who are of communist persuasion – getting elected in local elections mm. and people don't know because they're not putting their party affiliation for some of these positions and they're uh running unopposed in some circumstances like you mentioned with this guy in, in arizona 
Well, we just was. I think it was in New York. Some of some of these protests are saying the only option is going. What, what, did you hear that when they were Chicago, protesting? I think was it, it was. Chicago? Yeah. The the only uh, solution, solution is revolution, is, communist yeah. revolution. Yeah. I mean, the, and this is we, we, in Arizona, ASU that that student holding up the sign, "Death to America." Yeah. Jeez. This yeah. is what we're churning out in these schools, and it has an effect. You know, it, they're, they're pretty young right Where, now, but when they get older and they start so, moving around Tim's place. Taken over. I, 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 I just found this out because of, uh, Josie, the redheaded libertarian, and, uh, it's apparently that communists aren't people oh. under the 1964 Civil Rights yeah, Act. I saw that. Uh, so I, fact check me on this one. Okay. I don't but have a computer. What she, what she pulled up, you, you fact checked it? I know, I, I trust her. She's very knowledgeable. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, it talks about what you can or can't do. You can't discriminate for this and that reasons. But apparently there's a provision that says, this will not be construed to provide protections to members of communist organizations or uh, affiliated groups under like the American Sedition Clause or something like this. I bring that up not because I, I, I think communists are entitled to their free speech and activism, but I do wonder if there is a line for sedition. You know, we, 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 we used to take it very, very, very seriously that if there were people that were going out outright saying we will destroy this country, they'd be like, OK, well, now that you said that, whatever you do, we're going to be watching out to make sure you're not committing sedition. That is, you know, seeking to subvert or destroy the United States. Mm-hmm. A lot of people incorrectly say treason. No, treason is providing aid or abetting mm-hmm. foreign adversaries. I wonder how do we survive as a country because we believe in free speech, even for people who hate this country. But when you have a massive population, not the biggest, they're kind of fringe, but they're still around 8 to 10% of people who believe this country is evil and racist and literally are saying on TV they want to destroy it. If we just sit back and say, okay, then they will. Well, and they're being taught Marxism in schools. We're seeing it in universities. It's not being called that. They don't say, we're sitting you down class and we're teaching you Marxism today. They're teaching them te- the tenets of that. Praxis. And then they, they start to take on that belief system, that ideology, and they are churned out into our world. Well, the lifestyle. And it's, it's, it's yeah. dangerous and it will kill this country. It, so so what do we do? I mean, well, we have to start in the schools. We have yeah. to stop this curriculum. This is why it gets right down to the most important vote that you place is for your school board. And we, we've got to get more parents involved. Like I said, this one creep that was on the school board, he still is. We're trying to recall him right now. He got on because nobody else ran. And and I'll take a little bit of the blame as a parent. I'm sure a lot of them would, are, who are looking at this situation now going, why didn't I run? Yep. But we just weren't aware. And now we are. So we have to jump in. And it's it's a grind to run for public office. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's a uh, sacrifice, but we have to do it. We it, don't get this free, wonderful country if we don't all get involved and stay involved. If you would become governor, what would be your first call of action? What would you do when you first get in there? There's well, so many things, and I've talked about a lot of them. I mean, we, uh, l- where do you want to start? Do you want to well, start on the board? Your one thing, the first thing. You're, you sit down at the office. The first thing I'm going to do right now, what is that? Well, there's a lot of things, but let's talk about – I mean, we can talk about the border. We can talk about schools. I, I want to end all uh, agreements that we've made with China. I want to bring manufacturing back to Arizona. We saw what happened during COVID. Mm-hmm. We couldn't even get medicine. We're out of toilet paper, for God's sakes. And now we're relying on our, think about this, our medicines to come from China, the country that started this whole thing up. And this is just unbelievable. So we've got to, we've got to bring manufacturing back. I would cancel any deal we have with China, with the Communist Party. We're not going to work with the Communist Party. These, we, we can't compete with them when they have slave labor making all the junk that they send over. We don't want that junk anymore. We don't want to live with the, with that on our conscience that we have 
a, a bunch of junk we're buying that's made by people who are making this against their will. I would immediately, if anybody, and I've said this many times, if anybody is fined or charged with breaking a mask mandate or COVID mandate for standing up for liberty, I would pardon them on day one. A mass pardon of anybody who gets a ticket or an infraction or loses a uh, an infraction on their business license for standing up to this. Because we have to have somebody who's looking out for the people who are showing courage at this time. It's very hard to show courage, and we saw it in the last five years. You know, people got canceled for saying something or putting a tweet out that talked about what their belief was, and they got canceled and they'd lose a job. Well, we need to get beyond that and start making courageous moves. So we have to reward people who are courageous and do the right thing. And if that's a business that's pushing back against mandates and they get fined, we're going to we're gonna relieve them of those fines because they did the actual right thing. Have you ever thought about setting up a state cryptocurrency if the U.S. government were to cut off the state for uh, ignoring their mandates? Interesting. I've actually had a lot of people talk to me about crypto. What do you think? Um, I mean, how do you, how would that look? I, I'm not an expert on everything. I always say that, but I'm always open to hear ideas. What are I'm your ideas? I'm not an expert. I wouldn't think of myself as an expert, but I would like to see every state have its own cryptocurrency, maybe a federal cryptocurrency as well that we could intertrade. Well, I believe the constitution talks uh, specifically about currency and who can set it up. At- yeah, no, nobody other than Congress is supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Yet they set up the Federal Reserve to do it, basically ignoring their constitutional duty. It's right. infuriating. At this point, the reins are in your hand as a state, as a state governor. Um, I think you would use it to trade only within the state at first. Because mm-hmm. the government, U.S. government, federal government wouldn't legitimize it. They, and they try and stop it. and that, So it might cause more problems. But if they're going to cut off financial services to the state, then what other... Uh, well, I mean, that's a scary prospect. If we get to the point where, you know, we already have... DeSantis saying we need a civilian uh, military to be brought back because, well, he didn't say this, but it's obvious it's not working between, you know, Joe Biden and, and, and Florida. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden's agenda is clearly cutting off red states who are not falling in line with the COVID But we stuff. have to have governors like DeSantis and like what the governor I'll be, where we stand oh, no, back I and agree. we say, you're not going to fly people in here overnight. We're going to fly them to your state. Mm. You, you saw what's happening with Joe Biden taking the kids in the middle of the night and flying them yeah. to Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, that is evil. He's that is smuggling children. Child trafficking. Yeah, my it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. unbelievable. And and I love that Governor DeSantis, he does a lot of things that I've actually talked about when we're doing rallies and such. He'll Like, we're, we're talking about the, Vote for uh, me and I'll just do what DeSantis does. Yeah. No, well, and I talked <laughs> about that. I said, we need people who are, who are strong and going to do the right thing. A good leader knows right from wrong and does the right thing no matter what kind of pressure they're under. And our current governor didn't do that. He was a republic. He is a Republican. But when it came time to shut our state down... He folded when the leftist mayors of Tucson and Phoenix and Flagstaff were pressuring him to shut the state down and mask our children. And he folded every single time to the activists in the media. You're sitting there watching going, come on, do the right thing, Governor Ducey, do the right thing. And uh, it was so disappointing. He shut our state down twice. So we need strong people that don't just wait to see what's Governor DeSantis going to do. Okay, people like that, then I'll do it. We need people who are going to do the right thing first. Governor DeSantis might even copy me. And I love (laughs) Governor DeSantis. (laughs) So DeSantis can run for re-election saying, I'm going to do what Kerry Lake's been doing. No, I mean, he's a rock star. Don't get me wrong. We need more people like that. People who've got a backbone. I'm told not to say balls, so I'm going to say backbone. (laughs) (laughs) We need people with a backbone. And, you know, and the problem is we get so many uh, people who run, and it's hard to run unless you have a machine behind you. I'm fortunate. I've got almost 30 years in Arizona. People know who I am. They've invited me into their home. They trust me. I understand the state. I've covered the issues for nearly three decades. And 
I'm run, I've got huge name ID. You can't put a price on that. I've got 85% name ID in the state of Arizona. I'm running and being funded by the people of Arizona, not the swamp. But if any other person wants to run, they have to find a funding source. That's what it's I feel like so political hard. parties are. Yeah. Like, do you ever think about just shirking political parties completely and... Once you're, even after you're in office. Well, I mean, like, I think what? being a Trump Republican, you, like, you know, when Trump started out, it was almost yeah, shirking. He the was radical. like a libertarian liberal guy that went in and just was like, what party should I pick? This one looks easier, so I'll go that direction. Well, but no, he's, he's a conservative. I mean, I think Trump is a conservative for sure. I mean, at the time, people were, conservatives didn't like him because they were like, he's a New York liberal. You know, so he's not far left or anything. The establishment didn't like him because they were like, oh, crap, he might win. (laughs) But I'll tell you what was really interesting. I think it was Vox who wrote that the Democrats had gone nuts because Trump had stolen some of their core policy positions, like working with unions and the working class Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's just populism. It's just America first. Yeah. And we're going to help the workers of America. But Democrats were like, "Okay, now what do we do? Well, the Democrats sold out the worker. Oh, yeah. Right. With NAFTA. They sold out the worker under Bill Clinton. We started to deal with uh, with China, yeah. the political elite. And when I say that, that's Democrat and Republican sold out this country and the working man and woman. Even before that, with Kissinger literally sending over all the jobs over the chi- yeah. to China, oh, Nixon, getting rid Nixon. of uh, domestic manufacturing Good places in like the United States, upstate New York, where it's just <laughs> it's like a, a graveyard of old factories rusting and falling apart in Michigan. This is what happens when you're not America first. You want to know what, what I, I'm just, uh, man, this is a, 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 gives me hope. White pill, we say. I think, I, I don't like having politicians on the show very often. You know, uh, I, I've talked to Lydia about booking it's politicians. Challenging, yeah. It's challenging because politicians, they give you politician answers. Mm-hmm. And I think you've been absolutely forthcoming. And I'm phenomenal. not a politician. <laughs> and that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. There's a lot of people and they're like, well, you know, I got to be careful. And I'm like, here we go. I was uh, like, tell us what you want to do. Tell us what you think. But regardless of that, I will say to the people we've had on who have been running, it's been, it's been infinitely better than the traditional TV run, fake personality. This is, this is why things are changing. Because you came on the show. We had never talked before this. Lydia books you. You show up. We meet for the first time. I drive through the woods and yeah. I'm thinking this yeah. is going to be the end of me. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, but, uh, what happens is we come upstairs, we sit down, we turn the camera on, cameras on live and we just talk. Yeah. No right. script. It, so no script. It's so funny because no my opponents will say, "Oh, she won't talk," and, and I'm like, "Are you kidding? You need yeah. to follow me around." I answer. Yeah, sure. I always say, "They go, what? Can, what do you want to talk about?" I go, "Ask me anything." Yeah, I have to ask you this because a lot of people. I'm sorry, Tim, okay. are, are commenting oh. in your chat room about <laughs> okay. about weed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> where, do you sta- where do you stand <laughs> on on uh, personal use of of drugs for individuals and the larger concept of victimless crimes? What's your stance on those issues? Oh, okay. Um, well, I, we we do have recreational pot use in Arizona, and that's been settled. Um, I I think we need to follow the law, though. I don't want it getting in in the hands of my children. I don't think it's good for their developing minds. So we Agreed. need to really be strict with the laws on that. I, I'm not going to go in with the you know and and just start po- revoking laws that the people have passed. But you do have recreational use for in Arizona, a- eighteen we do. and older. Yeah. Is it? Is it eighteen and older for uh, recreational? Yeah, eighteen. I uh, know. I think 21? it's twenty-one. Like alcohol. Yeah, I think I think it's twenty one. I should know that, but I See, don't. I don't know, Luke. You you thought you had a gotcha, but it was an easy one. Those are the gotcha. It's the your show? comment yeah, yeah. section, literally. Spend weed, weed. Ask her about weed. Ask her about weed. I think they want to act like I'm I'm anti marijuana. You know, if you want to do that, if that's what you're into, great. If you if you want to uh, smoke cigarettes and and that's what you're into and you're of legal age, as long as you're following the law, I I want to make sure we do follow the law. 
because I do think it's really bad for our develop, young people's developing minds. If they're using that and they're going to school, it's already difficult enough. I you agree. Know? You know, that's I, tough I, because if you have a law that's a really bad law that's like the Nazis made laws that made mm-hmm. Jew, illegal to be Jewish basically, as a governor, as someone in control and supposed to be like my job is to uphold the law. What do you do when you come across a bad law like that? Well, I, I think what what you do as a governor is you come in and you start working with the legislature and you say, here here are my priorities. We need to make sure we're protecting families, we're helping businesses grow. And I'm talking Arizona businesses. We've really neglected Arizona businesses. The small businesses, medium-sized businesses really suffered under our two shutdowns in Arizona. Now everyone's asking so, about DMT. Sorry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Dimethyltryptamine. It's a chemical that you're, is produced in your brain and, and animals okay. and plants that causes you to do the massive. Everyone has a breakthrough okay. trip when you uh, smoke it. The, the thing is that we have so many serious issues right now. We've got our schools teaching Marxism to our kids, mm. teaching anti-American history. We have a, our border that's wide open. Fentanyl coming from China. Mm. China sending their fentanyl to Mexico for the cartels to run across our border is coming in. We've got a defund the police effort going on in our state. Our crime is through the roof, up hundreds of percent, thousand percent, murder rates, violent crime. I mean, I could go on and on. The list goes on. We've got water water crisis in Arizona that we have to confront. We have a ton of issues. So, I mean, we can go into all these smaller things, the DM, DMT. T- DMT. <laughs> these are not it's a lot more about question. that in the next it's couple of decades. Question. Yeah, I'm just trying so, to get a little. Uh, the priorities are uh, well, really secure. You know, our DMT, border. it's illegal. It's a federally illegal, okay. considered an illegal drug, but it's, you know, relatively easy to synthesize the body. So, that's whether or not it should be illegal, I guess, maybe. So, let me turn it back on you started. guys. What do you think about California and Oregon where you just openly can shoot up drugs? Uh. I, we, we stopped going to San Francisco. We used to go to San Francisco in the summer. You know, again, we stopped going to California pretty much. Um, and we were there with our little ones. Our kids were little and we literally walked by two people shooting up drugs and it yeah. was so horrifying. I, covering the kids' eyes and, and that was kind of the beginning of the real fall of, of San Francisco. I think all drugs should be legal recreationally. All drugs. However, hard drugs have to be done in like facilities. It would be it would be regulated to a certain degree, and uh, I'll, I'll speak lightly on this to a certain degree. I like what Portugal has done in terms of reducing uh, a, a lot of the addiction. I think we need to treat a, a drug abuse like a, like a disease. I'm not saying it is a disease, but I think we need to treat it as like something that needs to be solved for people and not putting people in prison because of it. So I, I think the way we've handled victimless crimes over drug use has been absolutely wrong. Mm. And you get someone who gets it. I'll give. I'll use the opioid crisis because it's a really good example that hits home for a lot of people who lost their jobs. You get their factories shipped overseas. You get these people who are struggling to make ends meet. Some of them get hurt. Some of them get prescribed opioids. Some of them fall into it because they're desperate and 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 depressed. And now they're 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 going to be locked up in prison because of it. No, no, no. This is a failing of the establishment political mm-hmm. political class gutting our system, allowing big pharma allowing drugs to pour in from China mm-hmm. and through big pharma. Yeah. And so I look at it like, here's what I think: we should not be imprisoning people for this. You catch someone on the street, the police should be like, "You're coming with us, sir, to this facility where we're going to get you clean. We're going to help you out." You, you can do it, but we, it has to be done under these strict guidelines so you're not in the middle of the street. You give it to kids, felony. Any of that, any of that distribution of kid stuff, I don't stand for, but I don't like the idea of victimless, victimless crimes. I don't know, I don't, I, I, I won't a lot pretend of despair. to have all the solutions. There's a lot of despair right now, and you talked about even, um, with social media and what you're seeing, you think you're, you're, you're calling up what you want to see, but the tech tyrants are really pushing a lot of despair our way as well. Mm. There's yeah. despair in, in the, 
culture that is around us. There's despair in the way our kids are being taught. When you're taught that, you know, America's a bad place and, and just all of the, to judge somebody by the color of their skin with some of the racist stuff they're pushing with CRT and SEL. You know, I'm a big believer in the words of Martin Luther King Jr. You judge someone by the content of their character. But we're pushing just so much negativity everywhere that our kids are depressed. And then the shutdown on top of it, you know, our shutdown caused by Fauci's mandates and, you know, each county, I'm sure your county had one. We had uh, we had a, a state um, health director who who did more to damage our health in Arizona than improve it. These shutdowns caused mental illness to spike, drug overdoses to spike, isolation to spike, de- uh, depression to spike. People lost their lives because of these shutdowns. They did not help our health. They hurt our health. And so, so there's just a lot of despair, and, and you people see why freaking we're going to go took to su- their lives because of the t- shutdowns. The suicide, yep. absolutely, it's it's horrifying. When I when I did the PragerU video, I talked about I lived in a neighborhood with a lot of elderly um, neighbors. They're wonderful, and my neighbor, one of my neighbors, was the most beautiful ninety year old woman ever. She swam every day. She walked. She had lunch with her friends, and I saw her about six months in to this whole shutdown and all of it. She was in a walker walking to the mailbox, and I didn't even recognize her. I mean, I. I, I stopped the car and I looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh, what has happened? Her life, you know, these l- later years, it's so important for our, our older people mm. to stay active and, you know, it's just really tragic. And that's what I realized. The propaganda being put out is dangerous and it's killing people. And I will not be a part of that. We're going to go to Super Chats to take some audience questions. So I will say... Thank you all so, uh, for your super chats. Smash the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Become a member at TimCast.com. I'm going to try and go through this and find questions directly for Carrie. Usually we'll just read a bunch of stuff, but uh, for everybody who has a question for you, you know. Can I say one thing? Because oh, yeah. my husband keeps looking at me. <laughs> CarrieLake.com, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. You can see where I stand on. You can see my platform. Not everything is covered there. People will say, what about DMT? Is that what it was? Yeah, DMT. <laughs> there. Do, I do not have a platform uh, a item on Yet. DMT. Yes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll address that real quick. Um, just, it's a fascinating drug. They're they're doing a lot of research on it, and people say that you know they have very profound experiences. It's unique to any other drug, but more more importantly, is a lot of the stories about it are that people who take it in the same space experience the same thing hmm. and it makes them feel like there's something bigger there that's why it always comes up dmt oh we're so you, interested you take it every night do you know that you take it every night um, when you dream yeah oh, okay. it's, it's a natural chemical Have, your but you know I'm, I'm a big big believer in prayer and i think that there's a lot of we've taken god out of our entire Absolutely. society and yep. that stuff started really in the 60s mm. and and everyone's everyone's got an emptiness inside of them that your faith and god can fill but we've taken that out of our society, and everyone has that emptiness, and they're going to fill it with something. So you need to find something. And I, I'm a big believer in prayer and the Bible, and I'm not trying to push that. If you want that, that's fine. But I'm, I'm not going to experiment with DMT. <laughs> I'm fine with prayer, and I think that there's a lot that. of power in that. I've yeah. noticed, yeah. like, and when, I, when I'm thinking well. and kind of meditating, and I guess praying is one way of thinking. I'll think like. Um, I'll figure out the answer. I'll think that, for instance. And that'll give me a very different response than what is the answer. Like if I'm talking to something mm-hmm. and it, it seems to respond more than just telling myself I'm going to figure it out. Like there's a reciprocation. Yeah. We're gonna, so a we're, friend of mine t- um, said to me, I, I was waking up a lot in the middle of the night, like 3 o'clock, and 
um, she said, oh, that's just God telling you, you know, you haven't had time to pray. It's, it, it, God knows uh-huh. you're alone. And that's when you, my life has been very busy lately. And so now instead of when I wake up at three in the morning, I don't say, oh, my gosh, I'm sleepless. I go, oh, this is a really great opportunity to talk to God. Yeah. And it's so important. And I wish more of our kids had access to faith. Um, you know, and we've got a lot of atheists out there and these, their children have never been raised to even know about the Bible. Uh, I think it's, it's worth teaching our kids about. I'll tell you this. I'm, uh, I'm not an atheist. I believe in God, but I, I am not theistic. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up Catholic briefly. I do not believe in the Bible, but I certainly value a lot of what's in it because I've had a lot of great philosophical discussions in that regard. And I think, uh, a, a, a wise person, a smart person, is going to try and read as much as they can to understand as much as they can. Right. I'll but tell I, you. I wanna, we got to go okay. to super chats. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, I'm fired up. <laughs> I love talking like about All right. So we have a ton of super chats just saying they're from Arizona and they're big fans. And oh. I'm trying to make sure I pull up the ones that are questions for you. Okay. And I kind of feel I've, I kind of feel funny because I've seen so many like uh, um, political interviews where the questions are always the the lamest questions. Mm-hmm. So, guys, feel free. Like, Luke asked about DMT. Super chat us whatever question. <laughs> Are you the, saying that was a lame question or a good question? That was a good question. Okay, yeah. question. Because you, you stumped me. I was like, like I don't. Obama. Is this oh, a machete, by the way, in City yeah, Yes, yeah, yeah. it is. So, so, look, look, look. I'm, I'm listening anyway. to, like, an interview with Obama, and he's like, we're going to take real questions online. And I'm like, oh, they're going to ask about the kids he bombed. And they're like, I'm yeah. wondering about paying for tuition. So here's are a you question. the greatest here's or the great Throw me anything. President of Throw me anything. But these are this, this one Good, so far is, is is just a very general basic okay. question from Riker Ruiz. He says, "Carrie, I'm an Arizona native, and I feel like I'm being priced out of my own state. What will you do about this as a governor?" We need to build more homes. I mean, we we got to build more homes right now, and we need to make it easier on the home builders. Right now, I talk to people who are uh, developers, and they say 25 percent of the price of a home is is taxing and excessive uh, permits and things like that. There's a lot of regulation that goes into the pricing on a home. But we're also seeing Californians come over. Mm-hmm. They come over and let's say, um, you know, Ian's selling his house for 250000 And you come over from California and you go, I've got a ton of cash. I'm just going to offer you uh, two seventy five. Arizonans can't do that. They're right. they're trying to – so all the Californians are buying it. The house prices keep going up, up, up. And we really need to build a wall between Arizona and California. I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, but, we, but we have the Californians coming in, and they're bringing the prices up. And so we need to – we really do need to uh, – I wish Californians would stay and try to fix their state so that Arizona huh. can have uh, prices of, for homes that are reasonable. Have you looked into here's, 3D here's, printing we, housing? We gotta, we, no, uh, I haven't. 3D printing housing technology is pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is, is cool. cool. But I want to try and raise as many as I, yeah, questions as I can. So we've got okay. William Martin. He says, hello, Carrie Lake. This may be a long shot, but are you aware of a YouTuber named Razor Fist? He is very tuned in Arizona politics, and I believe he has been a support, supportive of your ca- campaign in the past. I have not heard of him. Him or her. I don't know. Yeah, Razor Fist. Yeah, he's a dude. Um, I, I felt like that was a great question. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. easy answer. No, I'm well, sorry. I haven't. We, uh, I thank him I've, for his I've, support. I've seen his stuff. He's, he, he, he has great work, okay. and I think it's just, And, and he lives in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah, He's in he Arizona. Does, yeah. Okay. yeah. He did cool, not like cool, John cool. McCain, I recall. <laughs> a lot of people. A yes. lot of people did. Well, there you go. Yeah. You should. Uh, <laughs> m- maybe you guys can. Uh, connect uh, a lot to of people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A lot of uh, a lot of support here. Let me see. Uh, Got to try and find a good good direct question. Everyone's just being so nice. Everyone's a lot nice. of people are it, saying yeah. they're big fans are from Arizona. So you can read those. You just you're just you're just glazing right over the the. It's getting quiet now. 
<laughs> He's like, Tim's like, we've got to get to these questions. We've got to get to them. And now we're, we're all sitting here looking at Tim going, that's well, right. Man. Well, it's yeah. I'll, have, it, I'll have like two right there, but I, but a lot of them are just very much big support for you. Yeah. And so I want to make sure, it. you know, we this get an opportunity great. to actually have questions that people yeah. might not normally get because this is that opportunity. I'm telling you guys, this is your opportunity to ask literally anything. You know, I mean, if you ask something that's completely untoward, obviously won't. Figuratively. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Art Vandalay. Ah, oh, Art. Good to hear from you. <laughs> Vandalay Industries. That's right. That's right. You get the reference, right? Yeah. Uh, great to see uh, Carrie on IRL. Just donated $100 to our campaign. Thank you. CarrieLake.com. Carrie, no more CRT, no more woke insanity. Oh. The A's universities don't fulfill their charter. This needs to be fixed ASAP, and you're the only one who will do it. I will. I've been calling out ASU, and I've been calling out Michael Crow, the president. Mm. Um, I don't think any I know of any politician who's called him out by name. Very powerful guy, but we're supposed to have an affordable education at ASU, and the price keeps going up, 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 up. Um, and it's become a woke institution. We don't want that in Arizona. And we should be holding back some of the state funds, some or all of them, if they're going to continue along. If they're teaching kids to hate this country, that they're putting up signs, death to America, mm. something's wrong at ASU. And they're throwing a fit because uh, a student by the name of Rittenhouse dared to apply or, or to attend online. Hmm. This is wrong. And we need Michael Crow to stand up as the president of ASU and say, this is nonsense. We're going to stop it. And the governor should be calling him and saying, what the hell's going on over there? This is ridiculous. It'd be a good debate between you and him. Between Michael Crow and me? Yeah. That would be into Well, I'm, the debates are going to be fun. I can't wait. Hmm. I still sometimes look back at Trump's debates and I think that was some of the best debating I've oh, ever man. seen. Absolutely. And people would go, oh, he, you know, he didn't, it wasn't a good debater. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that was the best debating. It was WWE. It was. All right. Here's one that can get us in trouble, but I'm going to read it anyway because I'm not going to shy away from these questions. So keep in mind. Nicholas DeLay says, hi, Carrie, Buckeye resident here. Miss you on the news. The Razor Force has your back. Have you talked to Tim about the 2018 mail-ins for Kristen Cinema? No. Do you know about that? Do you know that, what's he referring to? The the 2018 mail ins. I'm assuming that means ballots or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, does he want to uh, expound on that? Just a no, bit? no. That's that's the question. I'm, I I didn't well, know if you knew about it. But. We had election problems in 2018 that were never looked into. Mm. Um, you know, there were there were issues. I remember with the chain of command, there were issues with chain of command. And Adrian Fontes was in charge in 2018. He's still in charge. He's now running for Secretary of State, which is even scarier. Huh. He was in charge of Maricopa County elections. Now he's running for Secretary of State. These are people we don't want running our elections. They can't even admit that there were major problems. So I don't know how deep we want to get into the elections, but we, as Arizonans, need to really look at the people running our elections because we've had some shady characters. Or get a governor who's going to... You know. Well, I mean, when I'm governor, we're going to go through that forensic audit, and we're going to fix everything. And if people defrauded the voters, and I don't want to get into too much detail because I know YouTube has some issues with us talking about that because there's censorship, unfortunately, in this country, and it's going to become outlawed in Arizona. We're not going to allow censorship. But um, anybody who defrauded the voters is going to be investigated, and they should be locked up right now, frankly. They should be locked up right now. And I'm not the governor right now. And I'm not the attorney general. But these people need to go in there and do their damn job. All right. We got Frank Reynolds. He says, Rand Paul for president 2024. Would you support? Well, if President Trump runs in 2024, <laughs> I'm going I'm to support President Trump. I if like, not, I like if Rand not, Paul. If, if President Trump says, you know what? I've had it with this. I'm going to just enjoy. I mean, he's got a great life. I'm going to get golf or whatever. 
then I would look at Rand Paul. I think he's a, he's a great American patriot. He cares about this country. He's to me, he's one of the greats there. I mean, didn't he just say today that Fauci should be locked up? Did he say that? Yeah, for five years. Oh, yeah, for oh, lying uh, to Congress. And I'm thinking, oh, why, yeah, why just yeah. five years, huh? <laughs> Here's a good one. Um, first, let me ask you, how long you, you were in You were in Phoenix for 20, uh, 30 years? I moved there in 94, drove into town on a hot August day. Falconizer says, Carrie, did you see the Phoenix Lights? I was working that night. As a matter of fact, all of the Phoenix Lights documenta- documentaries that were produced in movies show, usually they show me anchoring wow. that night. <laughs> we were on the air that night and we're like, oh my, you know, the phones were lighting up, they're Phoenix Lights, so... There's a bunch of different, you know, they've, over the years they've done a lot of the documentaries on it. Is this where there's like all those blinking lights and it looked like a battleship yeah. in the sky or something? <clears throat> that, I, I can't believe how big that story was. What was it? A bunch of air, like hot air balloons lined up? I Did forget. They, they say it was weather balloons. Do you remember? Flares? Flares? I mean, there's a bunch of oh, different. Okay. Or a V-shaped Alien Are you craft. looking at a video of it right now? Know, like a newspaper of it, article mm-hmm. of it or something. It was like a weird V-shaped light things. Interesting. That got a lot of airtime. We talked about Phoenix Lights, well, we forever, <laughs> decades. Right, there's a lot of government, I would imagine, like space program work yeah, done in the desert, underground and stuff in the mountains. Air Force bases. Are you yeah. near Area 51? Is that in Arizona? That's no. Okay. I don't I don't know what this means, but I'm going to read it anyway. Uh-oh. <laughs> Philip Summit says, born and bred Tucsonian here. You have my vote, Carrie. All you, have to, all you have to do is disavow the sun devils and bear down. <laughs> is that all it takes for me to gain Tucson but lose Phoenix? Okay. I'll tell you what. I don't like the wokeism over at uh, the Sun Devil, ASU Sun Devils. But I know a lot of the Sun Devils don't like it either. Mm. Nobody wants that. And um, we've got great institutions of learning, higher education. They got to do better. They got to do better. David Charpening says, Ms. Mrs. Lake, will you appoint Michael Malice your press secretary? <laughs> do you know Michael? I don't. He's uh, uh so um, Dave Smith, if he does run for the Libertarian Party presidential uh, to be a candidate or to run for office, Michael Malice, who is one of the the most notorious internet trolls, uh, <laughs> is going to be his press secretary, and we're big fans of Michael. He's a good friend of the show. He's what, a good friend what of makes, ours. What makes him so uh, you know unique? He's very smart. He's, he's a, an anarchist. He's a writer. He's, he's a, a writer. He wrote. He's written about North Korea. And he's very anti-establishment, hmm. and uh, he's critical of the of the media and the propaganda and the lies. And he's just got he's got sharp wit, hmm. good memory. So if there's anybody who could take Is them he to in task, Arizona, no, okay. no, Texas. he's in Texas. Right, keep, we'll probably but they're we'll probably hire someone in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of North Korea and and the universities, though, remember the um, student Yanmi who, Park? yeah, who left North. She she f- was a defector from North yep. Korea said that she experienced more brainwashing going to an Ivy League college, Princeton, I believe it was, than she experienced in her time in North Korea. This yes. is how effed up our universities are. We got to... That gotta, they're being brainwashed worse than what's going on in North Korea. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. We have to address the curriculum in this country. Here's the here, poisoning of our children's minds. Uh, here's a good one for you. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Carrie, how does the American First movement handle foreign affairs? Are we still the world police against evil? What about women being drafted? Well, I, I talk about China all the time. I mean, the CCP is not our friend, and we need to bring manufacturing back. And I think we have an opportunity to do that, much like President Trump's Opportunity Zones and didn't get enough um, coverage in the media because the media didn't want to showcase anything that the president did well. We need to bring back – we're calling it resiliency zones, and we want to do that in Arizona where we can – 
you know, uh, manufacture some of the essentials that we need so we don't have to rely on these countries like uh, China. Um, what was the other question? Um, women being drafted. Women being drafted. Yes. Yeah, so that's. I, I'm not. I'm not for. Uh, I don't think we need the draft. We've got a volunteer military right now. If women want to fight, I think it should be optional. Um, I, I am very much about making sure women have the opportunity to do the things that that really are meaningful in life, though. And I think motherhood is really meaningful. One, one, the, one, of, the, one of the questions was about like foreign policy, mm-hmm. and it said world police. So I think they're specifically referencing war. Uh, are, are there? Are, I'm, I'm going to. I'm. I'm applying for the job of Arizona governor. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be starting a war in Arizona. I hope not. Sending. Uh, well, what if the uh, what if the feds call in the National Guard for deployment, say in a foreign country or whatever? And and what are you asking? I mean, uh, what's your? I guess I don't know exactly what you could do if the feds were like, we're going to pull National Guard and send them to Iraq or something. But I just I'm curious your thoughts on something like that happening. How you view it, positive, negative. I, I'm maybe not a, maybe for, I'm too... not for starting a bunch of wars. I mean, I really loved president. One of the reasons I really loved President Trump was that he was trying to end the endless wars. Um, I'm, I'm about running for Arizona governor, protecting Arizona, putting Arizona first and, and bringing, making sure that we are a great climate. We want to preserve our Western heritage. We're having so many people move in and Arizona is, if you all, have you all been there at least once? Oh yeah, yes. a bunch Through of times. It. It's, it's such a welcoming state that I was able to in 94 drive into town and feel like within a few weeks, I'm like, I'm an Arizonan. You can't do that in New York. You can go move to New York. You can live there five years and you still can't say I'm a New Yorker. They just won't let you say it. Right. So it's a welcoming state, but we are, we don't want to be a doormat. And we've let so many people in that it's changing that feel of Arizona. We want to be uniquely Western and uh, uniquely Arizona. They have really good country fried steak in Arizona and oh. Phoenix that <laughs> I love. I literally fly in there just to get the country Where? fried steak. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to look up the name. It's a, it's an old, uh, traditional place, uh, Western place. They have license plates and a bunch oh, of yeah. pretty stuff we, all over I the world. What is it called? What is it called? I love that place. What is it? What? Texas. Yes, that's yeah. it. I love, I love <laughs> it. That's my it favorite is, place. That is a great place. I've been there like 50 times. We got, we got a good okay. question from Chrissy. She says, what's your plan for the water crisis to solve it? You know what? We're actually looking at um, – I'm open to all ideas, but we have to deal with our water crisis because we have a growing population. People are moving to Arizona, and it's a wonderful state. People want to move there, but we can't survive if we don't address our water issues long term. And so we can obviously look at things like runoff and making sure that we're doing the right things on, on a smaller level. But I want to work with um, our partners to the south, Mexico – and work on a desalination plant. And we can provide the power through these micro-nuclear um, plants, as we were talking about, and work with Mexico. Northern Mexico needs water. The whole region needs water. And I want to help spearhead that, bring other um, Western states into it. But desalination works. That's how Israel gets their water. And Israel, an Israeli uh, company, started a desalination plant in Southern California. It is expensive, but if we invest in this, it, the price will come down. And we, we can't afford to say, oh, we're not going to deal with our water issue because it's expensive. Think about when the, when the taps go dry, we're really going to. It's the most valuable but resource. But, yes, on the absolutely. So you're thinking desalination in California? Desalination in Mexico because it, oh, frankly, okay. it's so difficult through the regulations and the BS you have to go through to deal with California. It's easier to work with Mexico and make that happen. A, there are, there are challenges, however. So we've, we've talked about it. I've, I've done actually a, a few mini docs on desalination is that the runoff is basically brine mm-hmm. and it, is heavier than the water, so when it when it when they're expelling, it just kills the lower level life forms on the on in the, the ocean on the seafloor, which causes an upward chain of events where you end up with mass die-offs. 
I'm not saying desalinization have you is a seen, no. Have you seen the study that says that's not true? There is I one. Haven't. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. You, you have seen it? I haven't. I haven't. Where I, I actually read one study, because I, obviously we have to look at the environmental right. uh, issues that, and concerns that we could have, but I read one study where it actually increases sea life. And I'm going to send it to you. I don't, I wish I had my computer in front of me right now. I, I, I don't think that that is necessarily an outright disqualifier for desalination anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I am still curious. I feel like there's still going to be an upper threshold of how much water we can be extracting and using. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for now, I do like the idea. I've been to the plants. I've seen them. They're, they're really fascinating. Have you been the one in California or Carlsbad. in Israel? Oh, yeah. that's. Yeah. I, I was just uh, looking at a video on that. It's cool, right? No, I haven't been there. I, I want to go there. It's like a whole bunch. It's, it's, it's crazy. Water is forced at high pressure through all of these, like, hundreds of tubes. It is ridiculous, the filtration they have. It's cool. And then you actually can watch the brine get ejected. And then we talked to a, an environmental group who said their concern is you know, the brine runoff. But right. let's get some more of these uh, questions. Well, whatever we do, though, we have to look at that. And and I think we can come up with the solutions. If the solution is the brine, we can come up with a solution for that. We have to have water. Here's a, a spicy one for you. Okay. Shiloh Jorgensen says, what's your stance on abortion, weak cutoff, and whatnot? Ooh. I am pro-life, and I am 100% pro-life. I, if you can, if you can convince me that killing a, a baby is okay, then, then maybe I'll change my mind. But there's a child, we've, we have, it's so radical that we have, um, convinced our young people for a couple generations now that it's okay to take the life of their unborn in the womb. We've got mothers taking the life of a baby in their womb. And we've convinced them that that's healthcare. That's not healthcare. What about medical issues? If there is a medical issue with the baby or the mother, do you think there should be exceptions in that regard? Well, uh, if, if the mother's life is at risk, yeah. I mean, we don't want to lose moms. But that's not really what I think. I think those are that's a real rare when that's happening. This is, this is the challenge I have. And I say, you know, for um, anti-establishment, anti-state reasons, I find mm-hmm. myself pro-choice because I don't like the idea of I, – I don't, I don't know how you actually would implement – would there be a government arbiter or there be some kind of like government regulation for when it comes to a woman getting approval for an abortion for a medical reason? You know what I mean? I, well, I th- we're, we're trying to bring it back to the states. The states, yeah. We, yeah. you know, we had the judiciary decide and the, and the people have been taken out of that equation. I think that's wrong, yeah. obviously. You know, Brett Kavanaugh said, how is this a court decision? It's the legislature needs to deal with it. Right. I'm like, he's right. You got to get back to that, the Constitution. Yeah. I mean, it was set up and it was pretty much perfect. Um, yeah. So I'm pro-life. I'm unapologetically pro-life. Um, when you hold a baby in your arm, I don't know if any of you have kids here. Nope. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Please do. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Tim. What's going Come on down. here? Come down. Got a girlfriend now, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I just work 16-hour days, and that's probably the problem. Okay. Well, don't, don't, yeah, don't we miss should. out on that. Don't miss out on that. You'll regret that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's what everybody says in their deathbed. It's the most sure. amazing yeah. thing. I, my regret is I only had two kids. I kind of fell into the whole, like, I got to work. Or, you know, I'll, I wish I would have had more kids coming from a family of nine. And, you know, there are, there are options. People go, what if you can't afford the baby? You know, there's help out there. There truly is. And if you really don't, if you really say, I'm pregnant and I don't want this baby, every state has a safe haven law now. Mm-hmm. If you're pregnant and you say, I don't want this child, you can, no questions asked. Give that baby away. But yeah. it's not the baby's fault. It's yeah. not the baby's fault. Yeah, and we, we need to really, uh, I, I think if we're a, a country that finds it okay to take, uh, to kill a, a baby in the mother's womb, we got some real problems. Here's a, here's a good one. Simple. Oscar 
Miranda says, how will you secure the border with no support from the federal government? Uh, well, we've got the materials down there. Let's go down there and start securing it. Start building the damn fence. I mean, really. You build a wall? Yeah. You said no, fence. A- no. A- Arizona Arizona is a complex state, and people don't understand this. Um, we we have, I think, only 20 miles of President Trump's wall to complete. I- I'm hearing that. Wait, wait. 20 miles and it's done for Arizona? Yes, but we also have we also have an Indian reservation uh, in Tana Odom Reservation. So that's sovereign land. We can't just go on there until we're building a wall on yeah. your nation. So we have some complexities, but we've got. I, I was down at the border, and within five minutes of arriving and stepping out of the vehicle, people were walking over. We, under Joe Biden's policy, we had the President Trump's policy, remain in Mexico policy, was the best border policy I've ever seen in my 27 years covering Arizona. It worked. And Joe Biden came in on day one and pulled that. Yep. And now we're seeing a crisis. We need to build the wall. First of all, we need to sue the federal government for failing to protect us. And while that lawsuit is working its way through the system, let's go down and start building the wall. We have many, uh, uh, many miles of Arizona state land we could be building it on. And let's, bu- let's finish these little gaps. They're coming through a funnel where there's a gap in the president's wall. And it is on federal land. But let's build the wall anyway. What's Joe Biden going to do? Arrest a sitting governor? <laughs> I mean, honestly, but we have to have. You think he would? Um, I would welcome. I, we're not that, that challenge. far away. We're not, I, we're, I would welcome that challenge because he's yeah. failing at his duty. the The federal government is failing us in Arizona. They are to protect us, and they're not doing it. He's failing across the board in the entire. Border. Well, absolutely. Yeah, but considering you're running for Arizona, I think you know that's your. your yeah. Era. So I think we start building the wall. We start building the wall. And when I said fence, you caught that. But if, if we can't afford it, if people say, wait a minute, there's no money for it. Well, there's a couple ways we could do it. If they say we can't afford it, an Israeli fence, okay, President Trump's wall costs 20 million a mile. I believe that wow. was the figure. An Israeli type fence is 1 million a mile. So we just need to get a barrier up, a very strong barrier to keep people from coming in. They're coming in from where there's a gap in the in the wall. It's the, it's the stupidest thing to me when I was reading all these arguments. They were like, the wall's pointless because most of them fly, mo- most you know immigrants fly here anyway and then just stay here. And I'm like, that's not Trump's argument. Trump's argument was like smuggling and drugs. And, right. like, and they were like, yeah, well, you can climb over it. I'm like, sure, but most can't. Like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, they kept saying the walls don't work. And I'm like, quite literally, they do. They, in Greece, they built a wall. I think I think in Greece they put up a three meter chain link fence. Was that was insane. it, right. and then all of a sudden you know, illegal immigration dropped by like ninety percent. Well, and while we're building it, we can put up whatever barrier we can. If we have to do bar, whatever we can, we've got to get these areas that they're coming through uh, blocked. But we also need. We know we have an issue. We, not an issue. We have a sovereign nation sitting on our border that spans Arizona and Mexico. Most people don't realize that. We can't just go onto a sovereign nation and build a wall. So we need to make sure that our law enforcement along the counties that are surrounding this area where the drugs and people are coming in have the money. I'm talking to sheriffs who say we don't have money in our in our uh, budget for overtime. We need overtime right now. Because we've got so much coming across the border. Mm -hmm. So we need to take this $1.6 billion the feds have given us for COVID relief, send a bunch of it down to our sheriffs along the border to pay overtime. And I think we should enable them to deputize Arizonans who are willing and able to help secure the border. We've got a lot of veterans, a lot of former law enforcement, a lot of patriotic Arizonans who want to help and uh, create, you know, a a posse and, and help out. 
All right. We'll just try and do a couple more. Lone Wolf asks, do you have any plans to combat social media censorship and narrative propaganda? And what can those of us not in Arizona do to support you without simultaneously supporting the GOP's bank account? They can come right to CarrieLake.com and make a donation. I am I am supported and I'm funded by the people of Arizona. Does that not, not the go, swamp? Does that not go through WinRed? They can send a check if they want to go that route. Because I think I understand what they're saying. Yes, right, some people right. have a real problem with WinRed. Um, and, and you can send a, a a check. I know that's kind of do people still write checks? I know oh, they yeah. do. We yeah. get a lot of checks. Yeah, we get checks as well, and can we they, appreciate that because we don't lose any uh, percentage to that. Can they PayPal you directly? Is that legal? That's a good question. Can I ask my people? Can yeah. they, I, can they I, Bitcoin I, you? We're going to start that soon. Bitcoin? Can Crypto. they Bitcoin you? Oh, not yet. Uh, apparently not we're going to start that soon. Yeah, wow. Cool. I'm it's, told. It's, it's, I it's, didn't. Checks are easier to track, and that's why yeah. people use WordPress. Yeah, people stuff. go, I don't want my name. And, you know, you have to give your name and you have to give your occupation. This is part of kind of the rules of a uh, uh, yep. campaign. And but I, I think with WinRed, it's like it, that gives a percentage to the GOP as a whole or something. I'm not entirely sure. I know Act Blue is kind of like that. Uh, All right. What was the first part of his question? I missed oh, it. Uh, plans to combat social media censorship and narrative well, propaganda. I want to make censorship. I want to outlaw censorship in Arizona. You know, we're a Second Amendment state, and I want to be a First Amendment state. It's sad that we have to uh, – First Amendment sanctuary, pardon mm. me. It's sad that we should have to even have these sanctuary counties and cities and states. It, the Constitution should just be upheld everywhere. But we need to start finding these companies that are censoring people. If you, We have free speech in this country, and until we come and fight back against these tech tyrants who are making a gazillion dollars – um, we've got to start. Sen- we've got to start finding them for censoring Americans. People go, "Oh, well, this is a private company. This is the town square." Can you imagine if, uh, in the old days, you guys don't probably don't remember the old, you know, wall phone, the kitchen phone? Oh, of course. If, oh, yeah, if they heard Tim talking to Luke and they didn't like what the phone company didn't like what you two were talking about, they just cut your line. Yeah, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Would have been a global here. outrage in and the miss, '80s if that had happened. I miss the. I'm, I'm starting to really miss the kitchen phone. By the way, yeah. <laughs> it felt a lot more secure. We My mom still got one. Keep keep talking in the future about the censorship stuff because I I feel like having the government decide what companies can make their own terms of service be is a bit fascist. So, mm-hmm. but allowing them full reign to do whatever they want seems to be failing. So that we've got to find some other method. I'm looking at freeing the software code of large mm-hmm. social networks so that other people can spin up a version of the network like Twitter. They can have their own Twitter with their own terms of service that will interlock with the other Twitter so you can still follow people from either network. If this we'll Twitter just, wants to ban we'll, you, they can, but you still have your Twitter network. We'll, we'll, we'll just do that with the On Foundation. Yeah, it seems we'll, like – but, but A lot of people are starting up social media, new platforms. Right. It's just right. a matter of finding the one that everybody wants to be on. So, and so, I don't so, know why anybody wants to be on Twitter. I'm on it. It is a cesspool. It's full of bots. It's – Right, right, right. I want to get one, one, one last yeah. very important one. I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't get to every single one, and I was definitely trying not to avoid the spicier ones. But I will just first by, start by saying where we consider, you know, having our business and opening up uh, new studios because we're doing a bunch of new shows. Social media censorship protections is one of the biggest issues. Mm-hmm. So we've looked at Florida. When DeSantis is like, we're going to look into this. I'm like, maybe we set up a headquarters in Florida, so that's a good thing. But there's Arizona. one, there's one other thing. Uh, yeah, right. If you do that, one other thing though. Caleb B. says, and I'll tell you this, this one could be very big for me moving to Arizona or setting up shop there. Will you nullify the NFA and other federal gun laws pertaining to suppressors like other states have proposed? What if the feds start interfering? 
Well, I'm all about pushing back against the feds right now. I mean, we've got 3,000 miles away from Arizona. The feds are telling us how to live our life, what to say, when we can work, what we can buy. You know, it's just ridiculous. I am, I am not for adding additional gun laws to Arizona. So in Texas, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Luke. Oh, they, I think you're going to talk about in, the intrastate versus interstate. Yeah, Texas, I think they said, we have our own suppressors. You can buy them. The, the National Firearms Act does not apply to Texas-made yep. suppressors for Texas citizens. So I think that's basically that's what, what he's getting at. Yeah, yeah I, like in I, Arizona, like, we, I, I do like that idea. It's funny that I wonder if this is the same person who wrote me recently. I like what I like the idea of that. I'd like to look more into it. I don't want to sit here, you know, after a couple hours and go, "Yeah, I'm all for that." I like the idea of it. It's not being sold outside of Texas. It's being sold. In, so why is the federal government taking? I, yep, yep. In that. And, and there's an argument about, oh, but someone could take it here and go there. Well, that would be committing a crime the federal government can actually yeah. stop if that's the case. My thing is, you know what, you know what I want to see? I want to see Republicans saying it's not about new gun laws. It's about repealing bad gun laws, right. too. Is repealing yeah. the NFA um, realistic? It's the right thing to do. Is you're, it realistic yeah. or is it just kind of like if a pie? If it's going to happen, it'll happen in Arizona. We are <laughs> uh, we are a, a truly, purely pro-2A state. And it is a a state where you can come and you can protect yourself. You can protect your family. You can buy ammo. I mean, in California, you can't even buy ammo. It's like you've got a worthless piece of metal that doesn't do anything. So I'll just, just a very simplified final question. You would be in favor. I know you're the governor, so you can't just do this. It's up to the legislature. But you would be in favor of repealing gun laws in Arizona. Absolutely. Wonderful. I, I mean, it. we, we, again, people act, the governor does have a lot of power, but you have to work with the legislature. And we've taken the legislature out. That's where we got in trouble with our election. We have to follow the constitution. The, the legislature is, there's a process for laws to happen or laws to be repealed. And I'm, I'm wanting to work with our legislature more than the governor we have now who never goes down, never talks to the men and women who are working in the legislature. We've got to have a relationship there so that we're not wasting a bunch of time. They're not passing a bunch of bills that I don't want to, that I wouldn't even consider signing. So we, I will, I will, I believe I will be the most pro two way governor. I'm all about of it. Arizona, and, and, maybe and, and, in the country. And I'll tell you this too. A lot of people need to understand this. Young leftists are pro 2A. Absolutely. It's the establishment liberal Democrat types who don't want guns. But young people are absolutely on the left and the right being like, this is our right and we should be able to exercise it. So we've gone a bit over. So I'll just say thank you so much for coming. Is there any final thoughts you wanted to add? Um, Anything? I'd love to invite you to bring your company to Arizona. Give That's me a good right. reason. Win, win the race, <laughs> okay. and then let's, we'll you know. work on it. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm running for office because I truly love the state of Arizona. I'm so worried about us uh, turning into a blue state, into a state that's like California. And uh, we have a movement afoot in Arizona. We have a lot of excitement. We are going to have massive numbers of people coming to vote, and they're going to come out because of our movement. They see somebody in me that they know, they trust, who loves the state, who's doing this for pure motives. And we don't want career politicians. We're done with them. They come in on day one and they have 20, 30 years of political favors. I don't have any political favors. My special interest group, it's massive and it's the people of Arizona. My final thought on this, Trump was the first. But, you know, hearing you and, and seeing what you're doing so far, you know, and, and it, if, it, uh, when you win, we'll, we'll see what things you do that deserve criticism. But bringing about a lot of what Trump's policies were, America first, the working Absolutely. class, these things, and doing it articulately, whereas Trump was a bit bombastic, this is the evolution I think we need. Because I've said, look, I know a lot of people who can't get over Trump's personality. But if you take his policies and you get the right <laughs> person who's straightforward, honest, and direct and tells the media off but is tactful – 
that's a landslide victory. Yeah, somebody so, said you're like Trump, a little soft around the edges. I said, okay, that's great. That's a great compliment. And I do take on the media, and I will take on the media. I worked in the media. I know their tricks. Go to my Rumble page, Rumble, Carrie Lake, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E. I've gone after CNN, NBC. If, if you want to interview me and you're with the media, I will fight back. I will fight back. And right we have on. to start fighting back. All right. Because they're, it's not just, oh, they're biased. They're hurting this country. Yeah, I completely agree. That's we we start with uh, indoctrination from K through twelve. It, then it's uh, the cherry on top when you get more indoctrination in the universities, and then if you didn't get indoctrinated enough, the media finishes it up. Agreed. All right, everybody, that about does it. It's Friday night. We're gonna we're all gonna <laughs> hang out, have a good time. Thanks so much for watching. Make sure you support us over at timcast.com. We usually do the green room special episodes on Fridays, so that's like behind the scenes stuff. I don't know. If, I don't know if we have one today. After the holidays, things slow down a little bit. And we got to pick up speed. But thanks so much for the support. Smash the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Share the show with your friends. You can follow us at Timcast IRL everywhere, basically everywhere. And you can follow me at Timcast. Carrie, do you want to shout out social media and your website? Uh, Carrie Lake, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E dot com is my website. Go there to see where I stand on all of the issues. It's all laid out. You can um, make a donation if you want. I'm funded by the people, not the swamp. And I'm also on Carrie Lake on Twitter. Um, I'm at the Carrie Lake on Facebook. Is anybody still on Facebook? No. Barely. No. Barely. I'm not going to get any traction <laughs> of that place anymore. Yeah. I'm on th- and the Carrie Lake. Apparently somebody has my name. And then um, Instagram as well. So uh, to continue the baby talk just really quickly, I want to have seven children. And you can help me do that by supporting me <laughs> <Yes>. on LukeUncensored.com. <laughs> yeah. LukeUncensored.com. Seven Radowskis running around. Oh we could gosh. do this. You and, will never uh, regret that, Luke. Because, <laughs> because you support me, I'm here. Thanks for having me. I think you're also going to get four dogs. Yeah, I can definitely. I can feel it. At least in your yeah. future. <laughs> uh, I'm Ian Crossland. You can catch me at IanCrossland.net. Carrie, fantastic. Thank you, you so much. You. It was such a pleasure. Really good to see you. Uh, that's it. See you later. Thanks. I uh, I kind of want to go over to Luke's house some afternoon and Uh-oh. see what is going on. Are you, like... you going to be part of those seven babies? <laughs> Me? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this no. going? Yeah. Like, Are you whoa. trying to join I just was. I just want to see what the chaos is like and see Alice and all her siblings and all the little Rudowskis. That sounds terrifying and fun. So I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter. You guys are welcome to follow me. Thank you so much for joining us Thank tonight, you. Carrie. And that about wraps it up for this week. We'll see you all on Monday. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll see you all next time. Bye, guys. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.